Mmm. Mmm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope nothing is blowing up right now because I had to diddle the back of my computer and we all know how things like to go south when you diddle your computer. But we're gonna say that hopefully everything is okay. Welcome, it is Friday, April the 7th, 2017, at least by my clock. And it is another episode of Technical Alpha where a bunch of gentlemen get together and uh, pretend they're drunk but aren't really. At least not all the time. I might have been a little bit on it last week, <laughs> but, but this week we're going straight water. There's nothing fancy this week. We got a big lineup today and, and bigger news, we have our first ever guest here on Technical Alpha. We're going to be piping straight fire memes to you into your earlobes and for those of you who are on the live stream into your eyeballs for the next while because we have Nathanius here today and when I press this button on the side on my OBS just like every week we're gonna cross our fingers correctively or co collectively and hope that nothing explodes oh sweet Jesus <laughs> everything worked okay another week with nothing breaking. Ah, gentlemen, it's like we're welcome, at this, man. It's like we're I know. Good. Don't say that, though. Don't say that, though. Because then, then something's going to blow up. <laughs> Don't say that, though. Nathaniel, how are you doing, sir? How are yo, you doing yo. today? I'm, I'm doing you're... great, man. I'm good. having a nice day. It's, it's awesome. It's Friday. The sun is shining in LA, and I get to talk to some of my favorite guys. I love you, dudes. This is this show is awesome. I'm glad to be here. Exciting, you, exciting. Didn't you even clean up your beard for us today, man? Couldn't shave a you little know, bit? Gussy it up? Get a blazer nah, like Jeff? Just, <laughs> just I, didn't, I didn't put the effort the in. I, funny thing. No, go I, ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to go get dinner somewhere nice for once with Julie tonight. But I was oh. like, I, I, saved, I saved all the fancy. you in trouble, up. dude? Are you not getting laid no, tonight? No, no, no. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we... We planned it all out. We planned it all out actually around around this as well cuz normally like this would have been while I was streaming anyway. So, I could have cleaned up, but I didn't is what I'm trying to tell you cuz I was supposed to do it oh. later. So, it was you planned for that after just, this. That just tells me that you really love us cuz you're not afraid to to show yourself unkept. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is I got I got no makeup no filter. on, okay? No filter. No filter. No, nothing fancy. My no auto tune. This is just me. I'm giving Ooh. it to you. I'm giving you oh. raw Nathanius. There we go. Oh, it's good. It. It's good. Mister Panic Switched. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited for today. Do you? Always, you're you're a little bit more. You okay. always sell it so. You always yeah, sell okay, it for, so. For one, you sound like not excited at all to be here. It's and secondly, like, <laughs> you're you're kind of spiffed up a little bit today, Panic. I'm liking it. I know. How am I? You've, how you've am got, I spiffed up? This uh, you've got. You've got I'm, that like I'm 40 years old on the golf course and I don't care that I'm four putting kind of look going on right now. That's what I'm seeing. Oh, um, I literally just got home from work like 25 minutes ago and like shoveled my dinner down my gullet. So, ah, perfect. <laughs> Other than perfect. that, I'm excited. Oh, good. There you go. There was almost emotion mm. in your voice. That was a good. That was a good try. Emotion. Mr. Black. Yeah. Mr. Black. Yeah. I'm good. How are you doing today? I mean, I'm, good? I'm good. I just, I streamed all day. Mm. Uh, nothing overly exciting in my life right now. So. No. Same old, same, same as last week. I'm here, and it's good to be here, and it's good to have Nathanius on. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are listening. 
I think probably the majority of people that are listening, we may have gotten like a few stragglers since we started the podcast, like via iTunes or something like that. And and we'll we'll let Nathanius introduce himself and, and all that fun stuff. But we have been we have known Nathanius forever. So it's kind of only <laughs> fitting that uh, we ha- we have him on. And uh, and we can talk about that once once you go over like what we're going to discuss today and all that other uh, fun stuff. But oh, there's some history here. There's some history here. There's a I reason fully, why I our boy fully, is on. Fully intend to cup the balls of Nathanius for this entire time. I can't wait. Mm. <laughs> I'm even more happy to be here now. <laughs> <laughs> the full the full package. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, today we have uh, a relatively. Good lineup for you today. Uh, of course, with Nathanius being here, we're going to talk about banana hammocks, uh, and then also we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about. Do they live Starcraft. up to the hype? <laughs> do they live up to the? Do they really make you feel like a man? I mean, I don't know. I've never personally worn one, but uh, but you know what else doesn't make me feel like don't a man lie. playing Starcraft because I'm bad at it. But you know who isn't bad at it? Nathanius. And Jeff was pretty good too. So we'll have two people to talk to today about StarCraft and where it is and where it's going. And, and I think we even had a pretty big uh, news thing today, unless it was all memes and, and, and jokes about uh, uh, Captain Balance himself leaving. Was that an actual thing? Did that oh, happen? that's super real. Yeah. David Kim is gone from StarCraft. Yeah, that just got announced yeah. today. Yep. That happened. Damn. Today. Well, let's so, talk about so it. We'll, <laughs> We'll give him. We'll give him a. We'll, yeah, we'll give him a, a great you. Uh, you googly as uh, somewhere as they say in Idra the is somewhere on this planet right now, screaming in just joy. Idra is a happy man. <laughs> that's a lie. Idra's never happy. That's just, that's, that's a, <laughs> I think he yeah, might be today. Lie. I think he might be today. That's true. The one. The one day. Uh, so we're going to talk a bit about that, uh, and we're also going to talk about. We're going to give uh, Nate some time to just vent a little bit about the struggles and Jeff as well um, uh, uh, because he's he's been on that hype as well about about what it's like to try and transition your stream uh, because both of you are kind of in the, in similar spots right now Nate more so than uh, than Mr. Black as Nate's going through I want to get like a little like daddy holding son's hand like now son back in my day when I switched to Starcraft 2 <laughs> I had to play League of Legends for 14 hours a day and it was terrible so we're gonna we're gonna talk a bit about that. Money was well. Uh, no, no, bought, it wasn't. I no, bought another house not. off League of Legends. Shout outs to Riot. <laughs> Shout outs. <laughs> Shout outs nice. to Riot. Uh, and we're also you get gonna that talk thousand about, mile stare though. Sometimes. Oh well, that's that happened just from StarCraft alone. Uh, Persona Five yeah, streaming yeah. restrictions. So I don't know if if mm. Nate plans on being here long enough. I think he probably has something to say about that. Uh, as well, and then we have Power Rangers because Mr. Black and and uh, Tabeem went to go see that, uh, and we're going to talk a bit saw about it too, right? I did not. Ah, uh, okay. Well, my week got I got a little tied up. I wasn't it's able to catch good. it. So close. That's all right. I didn't see it either, so it's all good. It's it's whatever. We'll 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 let those two carry that segment. Uh, and the Xbox Scorpio specs got announced this week. That was mm. pretty big news. Um, mostly because I haven't seen so much custom hardware in a little box in a long time. So that's going to be, uh, quite, uh, uh, quite impressive, I think. And then, uh, that's it. I guess we're going to answer some questions as always in tech in, in tech support, but let's end it there to, uh, to say, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not already listening to this on iTunes, we are on iTunes. We are 
on Google Play Music. We are also on SoundCloud, YouTube, Patreon. And every once in a while, your grandfather might find us in the crack in the couch when he's looking for that corn chip. We're pretty much everywhere we can possibly imagine. Mr. Black. Yeah. Hit me up with the sound of the Power Rangers fucking up their Megazord transformation. Uh, it's morphin' time! Uh, <laughs> shit, that looks like ass! That's all I got. Really? That's, that's you just went that's to the it. fucking movie and the best you Dude. had was shit that looked like ass? Well, I, I'll talk about it, but I mean, there's no, they don't really make any sounds or anything. There's, there's, it's not as animated or as cheesy as, as the, it just kind of happens to you. That's tragic. I'll let, I'll let, I'll let it off the hook. I'll let you off the hook on that. I'll let it off the hook. All right. So, uh, so we'll jump right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're going to talk Starcraft first because at this point we're three weeks in a row talking Starcraft. But coincidentally, it's one of the three things that we actually know about, and then we can talk about it. So we're we're batting we're batting thirty three on that bad boy, uh, Nate. I'm actually going to give it uh, uh, up to you first, since uh, you know we, right. we like to treat our guests well. Not that we've ever had one, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna just let you we're gonna let you start it off. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna toss you a bit of a softball on on this to start, though. I'm not gonna just say, All "Hey, right. Starcraft, go." Um, uh, I just wanted to talk about. Uh, what StarCraft was like for you? Because Jeff and I in Panic have already talked about this uh, actually in the last couple of weeks kind of intermittently uh, about what, you know, having a career in StarCraft was like. Uh, and mm. and so I think I would, lo- I would love to hear your take on what it was like coming up in the big leagues with, uh, with StarCraft and what StarCraft has been like for you. Uh, because I also want to talk about just kind of, you know, amongst the three of us to be positive because I know there's going to be some serious negativity. We're going to talk about like our favorite moments uh, with StarCraft 2 and whatnot before just dumpstering it because I think that's probably going to happen a little bit today. So That's how it ends. Probably- that's how the story ends. <laughs> so we got to be a little bit, a little bit sunshine and rainbows. But yeah, what, what, you know, you can introduce yourself if you want to pretend like this is elementary school. But otherwise, just, okay. just I want to hear the Nathania story. From Nathanius himself. The Nathanius story. Ooh. Starcraft is, uh, is, has had such a crazy impact on my life. Before, before I was doing any of this, you know, I was just a regular nerd who played games. I liked to play a lot of Diablo. I, got, I was a big Brood War player for custom games. You know, I was a super casual, just like video games. I was going to school, and Starcraft Two came out. I'd heard about some tournaments and stuff. I wasn't a big follower of all that. So for me, my journey pretty much started with, I was just playing some games in college with some friends, um, set up like a collegiate star league team and just played, just tried to enjoy the game. I got into streaming probably when I heard about Twitch, whenever that was in mid 2011. And for me, it was just a normal chill thing. It it took my mind off studying, um, obviously prevented me from studying and, you know, for me, it was a, it was a good way to kind of escape, right? How everybody plays video games. And for for streaming and everything, like I said, what kind of built into it. Um, obviously, that's how I met Jeff. Was probably one of the first times I got over eight viewers um, after you forgated me in the back of my main on Metalopolis. Mm, I remember and, like it was yesterday. Get yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's one of the oldest videos I think I actually still have on my YouTube is of that game. And yeah, you, you put a pylon in the in the smoke, 
in the on, smoke on the in the office. back in the corner. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> De- destroyed me, and uh, I think I had like 200 viewers. I I completely lost my shit, and I, I met a lot of great people that way. Panic Switch, how I, how I met you, uh, Nova War, and then I got a little bit more interested in things. Obviously, uh, things started to pick up for me. I was able to to kind of break out of that at the time. When I was getting into StarCraft 2, it was the biggest game on Twitch. Uh, everybody streamed it. If you wanted to stream, that was what you played. And there were guys like Idra, Destiny, breaking 10,000 viewers every single day. So for me, being able to get out of the very small part of the bottom was... It was, it was a pretty big deal for me. So, you know, everything kind of naturally progressed. I... I guess things really took off after that again when uh, the IPL caster search competition came up and I made it to Vegas to cast the event and that was supposed to be where my career would start, supposed to do a bunch of other events and that company went bankrupt so they totally, totally shit the bed (laughs) and uh, I just started doing online casts and my my life got so crazy because this was the part where I was really starting to commit a lot of time into streaming, into StarCraft and uh, I didn't come from a very well-off family. Uh, I was already working um, a PC repair job at my college, and I worked on an environmental uh, protection board thing that paid some of my tuition, and that wasn't enough for my to, to cover my shit. So I had to, I had to give I had to basically give it up because I couldn't get the support that I needed to do that. And I just said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go balls deep on the StarCraft thing and see what you know what comes of it. And that was how the whole casting thing started, and just doing that nonstop. So for me, it has a very big um, emotional uh, part because it was my escape from a life that was getting pretty shitty around the time where I was committing to this stuff because I, I, I couldn't keep doing what I wanted to do. And I felt, you know, I have a passion for this. This is where I want to go. And it gave me some of the best, some of the best years of my life for sure. Um, I've met an insane amount of people, all of you, I met through it. Everything I have right now comes back to, you know, those early days on like just sleeping in my dad's like one bedroom apartment in his kitchen, just streaming, trying to get a gig. That was how I got like, yeah, that was, that was, that was my life. That, that dirty floral couch that I slept on and then sat up to, to stream all day. That that was how it was until I got, was like the, like 6am. I got my my message because people in Europe are eight hours ahead of us in or six hours ahead of us on the east coast so like mm. oh you want to cast Dreamhack, and then everything changed right so what so. was that like what was that like when you when you got that when you got that email when you finally got the break what was going through your head at that point were you completely all in were you excited did you jump up and down did you tell your that dad was the best. like i that was the best thing it. ever that was the, that was the best thing ever you know it was it was the very first gig that i ever did and like I, I watched a lot of stuff at that time, so I knew who like the good studio were. They were super big at that point. They had the good show. It was like Hellspawn. It was like someone a name that I recognized. Which was like, hey, you want to come out to Sweden and catch Dreamhack Summer? Uh, we'll pay for your flight, hotel, and we'll give you a thousand bucks. I'm just like, holy shit, this this is my chance. You know, I I'd been basically living with my dad, who was who was just trying to make ends meet, and God bless him, kept the internet on just so I could keep streaming because he believed in what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, we, we'd kind of like come to terms about how long I could try to make something like this happen. Cause I wasn't making a ton of money casting, you know, a, a B stream of pro league at three in the morning. Mm. So my, my, you know, it was, I had like three months left basically before I was supposed to just give up and get a job. And that, that moment 
was like the most pivotal thing for me because it was at that point he was he was super excited he was super super excited he was sending pictures he woke up at like three in the morning to watch because the obviously those we had really long days for those events in 2013 and it was crazy it was crazy it was like after that i got the im new york gig they're like okay new york city it's a super close thing. It was like, it was an obvious thing for me to get. I took a bus there. I was so excited because I, I was like, this was the greatest thing ever. And that was, uh, I guess that's, that's kind of where like the best parts were after that. And then WCS happened and I came out mm. to California and that was probably the best time period for me for Starcraft. And it wasn't just because of the casting, but also my stream was uh, powered by, you know, the quest to Grandmaster as many call it, uh, you know, everybody had that drive to to get better. The game was still super popular. It was still super big. And there was a lot of passion and excitement in the community around it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree. And that was the same with me, too, is it was the whole, you know, I came up with the whole uh, quest to, to Grandmasters. Yeah. And it was kind of it was kind of one of those things where um, when I first started, I was in gold. And then, you know, people can watch that progression. And especially somebody like you, where you weren't this big pro you were an average guy that put in the work. Um, and that's the main reason why, you know, we gave you plugs and I remember posting up on, and I, you know, back in the day and, and this goes to show like, even, you know, even now in streaming, it's a lot harder to make it than what, than where we were, you know, we were right place, right time. That, that was a, that was just an anomaly that I've come to, to terms with, you know, I consider myself an entertaining person. Um, I consider you a, a, a very entertaining guy, but, uh, you know, knows the shit, right? You're, you're a guy that knows the shit. But at the end of the day, now there's so many entertaining people and there's so many people that know their shit that it is much harder to make it. And back then when I, when I was like, guys, you need to check out this dude in his dorm that is, you know, casting his ass off for eight people. Um, I never did that before. And StarCraft back then was a dog-eat-dog world. Nobody collabed except for HD and Husky. They were, like, the two guys, and even they had some beef, you know? It was always, like, yeah. always like Husky was kind of... It, it was, like, HD was the, the, the son that was just annoying, and he just dealt with them because he had to. There was still even that, you know... Um, it wasn't like this equal thing, uh, with them. That that's what I got from the field of it. Even speaking to, to HD in, in the past, but that's, that's a whole nother slew of shit. But it was, it, it, I'm, what I'm trying to say is it was a doggy dog world for me to go out and say, go watch this guy. You guys need to check this out. That is unheard of. And that is, you know, a testament to how much passion you had for the game that even someone like me that was at the time, I always kind of had my wall up, you know, Adam and I never got a fair shake when it came to the Starcraft community in terms of being a respectable or respected content provider, because we were the guys that were doing the immature, um, non-professional, we would come up with these ridiculous, you know, we were the cheese guys, right? We were the when cheese fails guys to be, to be held at the same level of even as someone like Husky or HD was kind of ludicrous in a lot of people's eyes. And so Adam and I always kind of had our guard up, but we were always still willing to be that 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 team that collabed with people. We were constantly searching for collaborations because we believed that if we all networked, we would all grow together. And it was 
much easier for us to say that at the time because we weren't as famous as somebody like Day 9 or Total Biscuit or Husky or HD. Um, we were kind of at that level of force SE2 strategy and and a Hunter or SE2, um, you know, there's a, you know, Kolaris and, you know, we were all those at that sort of level, but we were, we were doing this and everybody else was kind of, was doing this, but we were on our grind. So we were kind of, we wanted our cake and eat it too. We were, we were pushing out there to get things done, but nobody was reciprocating. And that was just the, 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 the time now it has changed since then. But what I'm, what I'm getting at here is there's a reason why you made it, um, is because you had the passion and not only that, there's a lot of people that has the same passion as you did that never, it never panned out for them, but it's because you sacrificed and you put in the work, you took an opportunity and you didn't waste it. And a lot of streamers, when they get that break, when they get that viral video, when they get that plug, they just, they treat it like an everyday thing. And you treated it as an opportunity to blow up and uh, obviously it didn't happen like overnight, but it was a constant growth. And, and look where you're at now. Oh, it was funny. It's, Don't it's you find insane. it ironic? A little bit of ironic, a little bit of irony that you got the two cheese guys. I'll produce one of the most professional casters in WCS history. Exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, but they 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 got that they got that low key like future shit going on because I, oh, yeah. I I think a lot of those other guys are are a little bit way too uh, too stuck up sometimes. So. I so think what we still, was, I think we still mixed it in a bit. What was that like anyway? Because I got to ask you a question because and, and, and of course, you know, you, you don't have to talk about the stuff you don't want to talk about. And I understand that business is business. And um, right. I wouldn't want you to burn a bridge or or, you know, talk illy about somebody that I've got my you, torch. whatever. But <laughs> what was it like <laughs> working with Blizzard in terms of, uh, you know, you, you've worked with them, WCS, you've 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 flown around the world essentially uh with with blizzard you've done it all and the reason why i'm i'm asking this is because adam and i never had that opportunity you know we've had our success but outside of the corporate side of blizzard we didn't you know i had my first run-in with them a year a little over a year ago in vegas when they flew me out there for heroes of the storm of all things so i got to sit down with them and really talk with them um, and, and voice my concerns and stuff. But what was that like? Were they, were they easy to get along with? Were they fair? Do they, do they pay fairly? Is it, is it super competitive? Is it more of who, you know, do you got to jerk people off there to continue to get certain gigs? Because I understand what it's like to be in sort of a club or not be in a club. Um, is it, is it like that there? What, what's going on? What can you share? So that, that's a really, that's, that's a good question. Uh, that's one of those things that has developed more so. So like when I started getting gigs, it was a lot more casual. The StarCraft II scene pre, like I, I think about it as like pre big WCS and post big WCS. Like this year, all the events and stuff are being run by Blizzard. Blizzard's directly managing everything and they've been getting more and more hands-on since, you know, but at the beginning, it was, uh, it was weird. Blizzard was kind of like this looming figure, at least for me, because getting into the events I was still, you know, at least for the first like five or six of them, I was, you know, I was the new guy. Obviously, I got hazed a lot, mm, like on mm -hmm. cast and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But as far as as far as behind the scenes, my interactions with Blizzard were, were were pretty limited at first. I think there were a few times where they like they would send the most obscure, weird feedback about commentary because most of my connections early on were working through um, people at ESL or DreamHack and. 
to the to the point of like being able to get gigs and stuff. I never had to deal with Blizzard on that until until I started uh, getting offered for like BlizzCon and stuff because that was the first like Blizzard Blizzard thing that I got asked to do. It it is a pretty much who you know thing though mm-hmm. as, as far as mm-hmm. how all of that stuff went. You know people. You know, we would we brought in like other new casters. I guess the, the easier way for me to tell you is like when they brought in like Valdez, who had done pro league stuff to DreamHack. You know, we would come around when they brought in Fenner, who hosted uh, part of the analysis desk. I think it was at the DreamHack or the WCS finals in Potier, which was literally in the middle of nowhere, France. People basically just get around and they're like, "What do you th- what do you think? How this person do? Um, worth bringing back or not?" But my interactions with Blizzard haven't really been as much until say like the last year or two and working with blizzard is very interesting uh they are much more hands-off with starcraft than they are Mm. other games i think that's because of the more casual start to everything Uh, i know they're very uh aggressive with managing like heroes of the storm stuff um their their overwatch stuff is a bit different so from a starcraft perspective i probably have a more loose feel for how it works like I'm trying to think of any of examples. You know, there was maybe one time on WCS cast in like 2014, this map overgrowth had been in the map pool for two years. And I just said at some point, I was like, I was like, you know, Kev, every single series starts on this map. I really wish we'd get a new one. Cause you know, I just feel like this map's gotten a bit boring. Right. And I got a non-direct message saying, Hey, <laughs> uh, Blizzard didn't like that. Can you not oh. say stuff? Can you not? Can you not say stuff like that? You know, like that kind of stuff yeah, 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 came yeah, yeah. up. Hashtag right? filtered. I like to think that yeah. I do a pretty good job of of being very positive uh, when I'm doing professional broadcasts. I think there's a good amount of people in the StarCraft community that prefer my professional casting over my stream because obviously I don't have a filter when I'm streaming and. I'm a very sarcastic asshole, so that doesn't, you know, it doesn't translate when I'm when I'm doing like I am. Adam can relate right? to that. I can yeah, relate I, it so fucking translate. hard, dude. <laughs> yeah. no. I, I can relate exactly. so hard. Yeah, so like when I, when I do WCS casting, I'm I'm basically a different person, but I, I like doing that. It's it's fun to do, but you have to you have to tiptoe around some stuff. Mm. Um, I I really didn't have a crazy amount of things with them. I think the most. Uh, that was like the only that's like one thing uh what is it we we had like a, a party stream we did a, a fundraiser for a red bull event and we got blackout drunk on stream and then we had wcs the next day <laughs> oh. and Ooh. i mean i was fine i was fine but like i i don't know someone came up to me they're like nate i uh, got a message from someone at blizzard they wanted to know why the chat was spamming give nate whiskey <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, couldn't tell you. I'm like, couldn't tell oh, you. Man. We, we, ra- we, we raised a lot of money to send some young American StarCraft players to Red Bull Detroit, where hopefully they didn't get mugged. Uh, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's mostly limited <laughs> stuff. I never I never had a lot of run-ins with them until we started doing like BlizzCon stuff. And then I they started they started coming out to events more. Um, you know, the, the Blizzard and the Blizzard, you know, people that I, I meet and stuff, you know, I meet like Kim Fan and, uh, and Adrian Harrison, but... We don't really talk all that much. Mark Olberts is usually at all the European events because Blizzard EU is just smaller, so it's easier for them to go to everything. Mm-hmm. And he's always been a super super helpful person. But I've never Mark I've never awesome. felt like it was yeah. Mark is awesome. I've I've never really had too many altercations with them that have uh, I don't know anything juicy. I don't I don't have anything that good to share. I guess. Yeah, it's no, cool. that's 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 fair. I mean, I mean, there's it's. It's weird to me that you don't or haven't had that much interaction 
I think. Um, I, I, you know, from, from Jeff and I, our perspective, I imagine, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for Jeff, but I would have envisioned you to have a little bit more, not like constant contact, but like some sort of, uh, involvement there because, uh, you know, from, from the outside in, and this kind of spins into what, what, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about anyway, it was just kind of like where we feel Blizzard went wrong with StarCraft II's eSport. Because um, there was that pivot point where Blizzard decided to go Puppet Master and and try and control as much of that entire scene as possible, uh, which was coincidentally about the time where everything went tits up real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah tits up, ass down, everything was just brutal. So... Uh, so it's a little weird to, to hear you say that you didn't have much, but at the same time, I guess it's not surprising because they just seem to, uh, not be a big fan of communicating with the people that run their community, essentially from, from the, the outside. Uh, and, and I know that apparently, you know, this is according to, to panic because panic champions blizzard in 2017 for their community efforts moving forward uh so yeah. i guess that means it's kind of okay with uh maybe heroes and and overwatch but um That's i'm Starcraft. hoping yeah i'm hoping that if there is to be some minor revival of of starcraft whether the whether the remaster brings more people back to starcraft 2 or whether it's just people dumping themselves into the remaster as an esport I really hope that they do things like talk to people like yourself and get a little bit more interaction there so that they can hear from casters and people that are directly involved at a high level in the community as to what's going on. Because without an ear to the ground, you get things like the complete shitstorm that was Blizzard taking over StarCraft II's eSport and, and essentially ignoring everything that had been done previously like deleted that canon and then just tried to do something on their own and it never really gained all that much traction until it was pretty much too late so what for you because you entered the scene not long before or not no you know like pretty soon after you entered did they took over so what was yeah. what was it like for you uh in that transitional period like was it kind of was it kind of disappointing to see? Because you would have had a lot more options if Blizzard had stayed out of it as far as right. events and stuff that you could have been involved in. So what was that like for you as a as somebody breaking into professional casting? Uh, so the the two things for me, at least that, that kind of obscure a lot of it, was uh, the big... Because I was a part of it, was the big downside of mm. WCS was that it suffocated everything, right? But mm. for me at the time, it was it was an okay thing. Because, you know, that was basically my first real steady job that paid decently. For me, I didn't see it quite the same way as other people because it was, you know, me and Kevin would go to the studio two, three times a week. Uh, the pay was pretty reasonable. It uh, wasn't, wasn't that bad. We weren't living in a super expensive place. We were splitting it with, uh, it was me, Roddy, and one of the ESL production guys. In a, it, was pretty, it was pretty nice. We weren't, like, in the city or anything. So as far as working with them and as that went on, the worst part was just talking to not Blizzard, but the, the, the people that run the events, you know, like um, a friend of mine at a BC eventually became, he's like the guy in charge of like DreamHack Open now. So he he d 
during all of that went from being an observer to like kind of running things and it just it comes down to the the corporate hold that they had on the game was obviously not an amazing thing for it because if you try you try to talk to people you're like oh is this event going to happen is this going to happen they're like well we can't do this unless we get approved by them because it has to match their schedule because blizzard, because blizzard will not give out tournament licenses anymore until they know for a fact that you will not conflict with anything WCS yeah. be it a a weekend yeah. WCS tournament or you know a studio broadcast so uh it was a bit harder to see that from the inside because obviously from my perspective that was my my up and up that was my that was becoming mm. my bread and butter i had you know i was i was able to pay off the bit of debt that i had accrued from when i went to school i was able to help my dad with some stuff so i was i was loving life and it was a very um weird thing cuz obviously that was the point in time where as the tournament scene started to decrease and become just WCS, the community perception obviously went towards the uh, the DED mm. uh, game area. <laughs> that game, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like that was one of Blizzard's weak points. Always was on the scheduling because they wouldn't release schedules until like super late, like right up until yeah. events were like coming up, so people couldn't really plan. But like for stuff like this, you should be having your event schedules publicize almost like if not a year in that, advance or something and, so people know and that hasn't and you get like a week before completely solved yeah, even that hasn't it's been gotten completely a little solved. better but it's still pretty bad like that was one of the that was one of the things i noticed now this is uh, again kind of like from my theory crafting on the whole thing but the way i kind of see the whole way starcraft probably should have gone and you can agree or disagree with me here is like i feel like they should have had like the gameplay community aspect from overwatch like how they kind of publicize the game out and how they kind of have that constant pipeline of jeff kaplan coming out and talking to everyone and explaining everything as it goes i feel like if starcraft had something more like that hands-on it probably would have helped but then have like the esports slant with how heroes is handling their esports community because like heroes isn't like they have their big events but there's other tournaments going on like heroes of the dorm is going on right now and that's uh people like going nuts over that from the heroes side and they're managing that real well while Overwatch at the same time is, you know, doing all their gameplay stuff really well. I feel like if StarCraft had a hybrid of that, they'd be all set instead of whatever hodgepodge they have going on now. It's really weird when I think about it in terms of, like, comparison stuff in that area, though, because I do follow the other stuff that they do to a degree, and I know that they're, they're going crazy on Heroes of the Storm stuff, and I, I don't follow that as much, but I do know that they're running into this issue already with the controlling stuff with, like, Overwatch, like there's there's no there's not dates for events. Tournament organizers can't get licenses because they have to wait for Blizzard to announce what they want to do. And all like I I you know Julie follows all that stuff super well. She knows a lot of pros and uh, I know team owners and it's basically like this 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 like suffocating feeling. And that's pretty much what happened to StarCraft, right? Mm-hmm. So at least in my opinion, should have just been a bit more hands off from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like when. Uh, <laughs> We've we've had discussions like we've had like community summits where blizzards brought down a bunch of people um, somehow not not now that I even like think about it like somehow like Jeff and Adam aren't there but we we've had one I think the first one was like 2015 and it's basically like they get everybody together like talk about it like what do you want to do for WCS next year and everybody <laughs> says the same thing you know it's like oh well we'd love it if it could be this you know by country regional thing where USA has like this thing that builds in and. It goes to like an MLG, like 2012 WCS, most everybody agrees, was about as good as it could have gotten for the non-Korean scene. That was the peak. And yeah, so that's that's something that has come up almost every time that stuff like that is discussed. But it just seems like it was something that 
I mean, for whatever reason, couldn't be done again for budget purposes. It was probably an extremely expensive venture. But uh, as far as, like, eating all the tournaments, which is what happened, I, I, I find that's a bit, I don't know, at least to me, that seemed like the thing that hurt a lot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, what about, um, yeah. I guess let's let's uh, switch over to um, the uh, StarCraft Remastered. Let's go with the HD yeah. version of the game. Yeah, what, what would you um, like to, yeah, what we'd like maybe to see them mm. correct their mistakes kind of thing? Well, I don't know. Well, what, do you think, what do you think? Because <sighs> I, I, I've been <sighs> I've been keeping up. I've been keeping up with you um, w- when it comes to this, and you've been you've been on I'm edge. Mixed. You've been on edge, bro. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing the I'm, tweets. Um, there's some passive aggressive tweets coming out from you uh, about <laughs> about uh, this this Starcraft HD. Passive. You <sighs> haven't. You didn't get into Brood War. Uh, you didn't. You weren't a Brood War guy. Um, there's a lot of nostalgic hardcore brood war people out there um you voiced that you would have liked to have seen some of the mechanics from starcraft 2 get put into um the 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 new one you've had other people that would tell you on twitter eat a dick they're not they don't need to change shit um and i see both sides of the story in fact we talked about it on another podcast on some of the things that we we thought would go wrong or right with it do you think that this is going to be a flavor of the month? Uh, do you think this is going to be a, a three to six month ordeal? Um, it's going to split the community in half even more than what it is. Um, and then it's going to be more of StarCraft two guys fighting with uh, HD guys, uh, Brood War guys. Or do you think this could be, you know, the future? Uh, David Kim's gone off StarCraft two now. What does that tell you? Does that tell you that they're giving up on StarCraft two? This is... They're, they're kind of passing the torch. They're moving on to bigger and better things. Um, do they have full faith in this? What What are your thoughts, man? There's so much to, yeah, so many different this, angles, right? It, you know, there's there's a lot of people crying doomsday, right, since the the, the remastered announcement. And then I feel today was was another blow for sure with uh, with David Kim moving off of StarCraft II as well. So first things first, Brutal Remastered, it's it's for Korea. Uh, you know, they're, they're updating the game to run in a modern setup, but just the way that they, they want to split things. And I, I, I don't see it doing very well outside of Korea. Like when I talk about the mechanics, you know, I'm like, look, I know that the biggest failure of Starcraft two, as far as like how the game went, like the game itself was like Starcraft two, wasn't the worst thing ever when it came out. It was fun, good competitive RTS. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of people that play it, mm-hmm. but Blizzard completely neglected yep, yep. the casual base. The casuals, casuals basically told get fucked like the entire time. It's like, well, you know, fix the custom system. No, it took like six years and it's still, it's still not <laughs> what everybody has been asking for, mm-hmm. which is just a server browser that you can title whatever you want, which overwatch already has, but mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. ran up. I could rant about that forever, but the dismissiveness towards players who don't find enjoyment in grinding eight hours a day is, is a huge blow. And Starcraft brood war, whether remastered or not, is not going to cater to those people. Like the nostalgia factor is certainly there. You'll get a lot of people that are like, well, I never played it. So the campaign with updated graphics mm-hmm. sounds great. I'm already sold on that. I can't yep. wait to play it in, you know, in 1440p with a, with a bigger field of view. I'm sure it'll be limited for, you know, melee or one V one or whatever. So I see that value there, but like long-term multiplayer base being regrown. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's just a nostalgia thing. If you're playing the game again, you just remember you're like, wow, there are so many new features for games that have come out that 
this game does not have. Yeah. Uh, when you tell a unit to go somewhere, sometimes it just won't. Sometimes it, nope, just <laughs> things just don't happen. Might not make it there. Might not make it there. And I, so I, and I can see this from a different perspective where I'm like, I like the old Resident Evil setup, right? You know, I like the shitty tank controls and not being able to see what's directly in front of me at all times, right? But I know that that's, that's not really where you go as far as like a big, it's not like, it's not a greater good sort of thing. It's a nostalgia thing that you think back on. You're like, yeah, I liked this, you know, a long time ago and this brings back memories and feelings, but it's, it's not what I want to commit to forever. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least on the Brood War side of things, I do see it being, pro- it's probably going to sell really well. There's probably going to be a lot of people that never got into it that'll play the campaign. Yep. But, uh, you know, the, everything else is just quality of life for Korea to continue their competitive scene because that's not going anywhere. So do you think if they went in the route of, of because what I thought was going to happen is they were going to remaster Brood War in the StarCraft II engine and then we would basically have Brood War, but in starcraft 2 engine now if they did that do you think that would be a big thing in north america not only to korea uh do you think it would make it or do you really believe at this point that starcraft and rts in general is just on its way out and korea will once again reign supreme um in terms of it once again or well i mean it's always been well you know yeah. it, it's it's always been there but you know the north america scene was huge uh, for for a period of time yeah. um yeah. but i mean you know as in the north american scene is going to fizzle out period whether it's starcraft 2 starcraft uh remastered whatever the case may be and then if you want to watch great starcraft you watch you know koreans play um or do you think that if they went that route and they made it in the starcraft 2 engine that it could supplement out StarCraft 2, and we may actually have uh, a viable eSport in North America that people would want to play. Uh, I, I think the two things that really uh, make it probably better that they didn't make it in the StarCraft 2 engine is it's it's like a flavor of the you know last couple years thing where a lot of old games are getting remastered, re-released, or, or updated in some capacity that... They can run on modern systems, but I think it's just, it, that's too much of a part of what StarCraft is. Like, the nostalgia is a big part of it. Like, there are people that do look back on mm-hmm. the shitty controls and the 2D graphics, and if you want that genuine experience, I think, I've actually spoken to Blizzard devs about this. They can't recreate the AI problems in the StarCraft 2 engine. They actually, that they, like, they'd have to The quirks just can't it. happen. They, they fixed they would, them. Like, yeah, they, they can't, like, because they were bugs. They were due to limitations. Like, a lot of that stuff was due to limitations of programming hundreds of units to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Buffer uh, limits know, so, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So, like, so for my chats with them, like, and if they if they change that, then it loses what made mm-hmm. it it. So, I, I always like the idea, you know, of, like, keeping some of that when you went into StarCraft 2. Obviously, you know, people were excited about units like the Lurker and... You know, everybody loves a carrier and shit like that. But, you know, it's a different, it's a different time. This discussion did come up. It, it's something that, that at least like in, in chatting with like Blizzard employees, like way before Brood War Remastered was even being rumored, like, you know, we, we'd been pulled about stuff like that would be like, you know, could, could we read, could we do some sort of like remaster in the game? And another thing that, that came up is it's already all been done. You, yeah. if you wanted to play the Brood War campaign, do it. Yeah. Like, perfectly recreated in starcraft 2 with all the modern features you can do it for free like the game doesn't it doesn't even cost money to play custom games which they also like terribly terribly market if you wanted to play through the whole brood war campaign in the original campaign 
with all those units and fancy ass graphics. I think they've even got the cinematics and shit in there somehow. Like you can do that. Absolutely no problem. So sticking with the they older even had stuff. Starbo for a while too. Yeah, yeah. they did. Uh, and that that actually did get that did well. Uh, pretty a bit. reasonable that bit of traction. Really well. Yeah. 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 yeah it's no, it's, it's such be... a shame to think back on that. I feel like they uh, wanted think, to distance, be... distance themselves a bit from StarCraft 2 engine as a whole when they yeah. came up with the whole thing. They're like, yeah. we want to yeah. kind of do something new. Let's get some fresh blood back into it. Let's kind of see where we can go with it. Again, we talked about it last week. It'll only go for a couple of months, I feel like. Yeah. But, you know, it'll, it'll be a nice bump. And I, I, th- I, do, I think to that as well, just, you know, the StarCraft 2 brand has just been, I think it's been pretty badly damaged the last few yeah. years in terms of yes. how the, the game's been mishandled, mismanaged, yeah. and... uh the, the negative aura, if you ask anybody about it, even yeah. even if you like the game, if you know Dead it's game. good, you know that if, game. You, know if game. you bring it up anywhere, it's the first thing people say, right? Yeah. It's like, Why oh, are you so salty? Yeah. It's SE2 in 2017? Oh, Kappa. Lol. Yeah, Lol. exactly. Yeah. 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 But I mean, there there was a point there was a point in time where that went from an exaggeration to kind of a fucking reality, right? Like, it's, it's not, it's not yeah. like, <laughs> as much as, as much as we want to sit here and be like, oh, stop bitching and whining and oh, it's not a dead game. It's, it's fucking dead. It is dead as hell. There's a small it's been dead three or four times truth in it. It's been cremated. Yeah. It's been pissed on the ashes. It's been dead four or five times now. Uh, as much as we don't want to maybe admit it, it's, you know, the, the meme became a reality. It was spoken into, ex- into existence. Uh, and, and now already here we are. Dead. It's already dead. Stop it. No. So, uh, yeah, so there is a bit of truth to it. I mean, I, I personally hope that, that Brood War isn't just like a passing fad, like the remake, the HD version. Excuse me. And I think a lot of that, yeah, sure. It's obviously going to be popular in Korea. Brood War was always more popular in Korea. That wasn't some sort of revelation that the remake was likely going to be, you know, super popular uh, across the pond. I think uh, I think that was pretty much uh, a given. But I, I hope that it's not just something that remains in this weird nebulous cloud of Korean subculture and actually remains a thing over here in some small part. I don't need to see it take over Twitch TV. I just want to see it have a healthy community. Right, that's what I want to see from it. I just want to see it have support. I don't want to have to see people fight Blizzard to have that community. I just want it to kind of be free-flowing like it was for that beautiful short period of time between 2010 and late 2011. And everything was beautiful and sunshine and rainbows. And and then it all went you know, to, to hell after. I want that period back, but I want it applied back to this, this brood war bit because... Um, I think it's possible. I think it's doable. And I, and there are, there are old school, uh, casters and content creators that are waiting to help carry that community, uh, for a good long, a good long while. So uh, I think as long as Blizzard doesn't try and pull what they did with Starcraft two, which would blow my mind at this point if they did after having seen how they've been treating this remake to this point, uh, I think it has a, a great ability to, uh, or, or a chance to be, uh, to be more than just a passing fad uh, and stick around for quite some time. And if it is a passing fad, I can live with that too. I just want to see it happen and I want to see the hype come back because, yeah, the the, the SC2 deaded, you know, DED apostrophe D shit, I would like that to go away for like maybe just five minutes and have everybody be on the yeah. same page for a short period of time again and just enjoy that shit. And I also, I'm not going to lie, I want to see... 
some crazy ass. I don't care. I'm the guy that likes the freak show. I don't need the underdog story all the time. If I get to see <laughs> two steroided Adderall fueled Koreans play fucking brood war <laughs> yeah. and just sweat it out. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Just give me tasteless and artosis carrying their four-year-old children on their lap, casting Starcraft in front of like 10,000 people. The and I'm good. Yeah. I'm happy. So I yeah. want to, I, I hope you can, I hope you can see that, but that's a, that's a transition for Starcraft and let's transition into what transitioning like is for our streams. Transition, transitions, transitions, transitions. Uh, so, uh, panic, panic. I know you plan on, uh, on painting models on stream someday. So this might, this information that you're about to get might be pertinent <laughs> to you in, in a, in a while, but, uh, transitioning for, uh, from not streaming else. to actually streaming. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. There, but sure. exactly, exactly. So, uh, so Nate, I know specifically, and I want, I, I asked you before, you know, we did the cast, if this was something you might want to talk, you know, like to talk about, because, uh, I'm seeing the passion and the struggle from the outside, you know, stop by the stream and I see it wearing on you. Somebody has got that like 600 grit sandpaper. It's not doing a lot of damage, but pretty soon it's going to hit bone and you're just going to be salty <laughs> as all hell 24 <laughs> hours a day, seven days a week until that wound closes over. So I want to, you know, I want to get your perspective on what it's been like for you because particularly, and that's why it was good to talk about Starcraft leading up to this is that the community for as much as it has the capacity to be an, an incredible community is so full of entitled assholes. It's crazy. So what has it been like for you since you've just started? I mean, this isn't that, you know, uh, that long ago that you started saying, Hey guys, I kind of want to play other games, you know, just occasionally be nice. 45 minutes here, 30 minutes there. What do you got? <laughs> you know, you just stick around. Uh. So what's that been, what's that been like for you? What, and, and what would you like to be able to Ugh. do in the future? So it it's brutal, and it, it, the thing is, it, it comes out of there's there's two parts to it that that at least for me really suck. And the first thing was, I hit my goal in StarCraft. You know, yeah. the the game's not changing that much. Things aren't things aren't going that further up. It's stable. Um, I've been able to see the numbers. I know I know that like the player base and the viewer base, like at least for what I'm doing, is sustainable for you know maybe another year or two without really any issues. I'm still doing the best I've ever done. Since the last big patch in November, I, I've, I've never had as many subs as I do now at any point this time last year. But it's just as a, as someone who plays games, or at least when you play a, a game a lot, it's you know for for me it was always a coming up with a new goal. And the the big one that was always there was getting Grandmaster right. And I think I think Jeff, you totally feel me on this when it comes down to it's a fucking hard game to stream and talk to people and be interactive. And I reached the point where I was like, well, how high in GM can I get? And then one day I'm like, you know what? I just, I can't put on the kind of show that I want to. I can't run the stream that I want to. If I'm so focused on gaining 10 MMR to move up one rank every fucking game that it just, it just started killing me because at that point it's, you're not just, I'm not just streaming. I'm not just having fun. I'm I'm fucking grinding trying working, to move dude. up bit by bit. It, yeah, it turns it turns into something else. Whereas before it was like, oh yeah, you can you can feel the progress, but when you're trying to move from the top 0.05% into the top 0.04%, that is it. That is a goddamn trek. Like I am all, yeah. I've already reached I've already had reached that higher than in 2012, almost man. everybody. Yeah, almost everybody that's going to play the game 
Like I've I've reached a a very good rank that I've held for two three years now in StarCraft Two. I just don't have anything else to push for. You know, it it, it kills me because they they don't add, they don't make big enough changes that it feels fresh going through that process again because it's just it just gets too it gets too frustrating. And you know that one of the biggest things that helped with that in Legacy the Void came out at least was co-op, but it's not like the community wants to watch that, no. right? They yeah. every they just want to watch people get salty playing one v ones and raging when they lose. And I just can't I can't do that anymore. So that was that's the hardest part for me is because I do like StarCraft, I like playing it, but limiting it is something that I not only have to do for my own sake, but obviously you look towards the future and I I like doing other stuff. So, oh, it's. That's that's all I can think about when I when I when I'm looking at this. And obviously, the toughest part for me is I'm out here in Los Angeles because I was used to be doing basically contract work for Blizzard through ESL, and now that now that that's all gone, they they basically just said like, oh hey, we're gonna have gigs for you, don't worry, and nothing last year. And going into this year, I'm like, fuck it, this is it. I can't. I, I stayed one year under the assumption that things would get better. Things didn't get better, at least from a professional perspective. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking for somewhere a little bit cheaper to move and just slowly eking StarCraft down to being at maximum half my stream. The only thing that makes playing the game fresh for me is taking time off of it. And obviously, as a streamer, that's it's really consistency is very important. It's, yeah, it's, it's not an option. Yeah, I can't just take so a week, is- you know. So this is kind of aimed at Nate and Jeff also. What sort of strategies have you guys been using to transition? Like, because again, there's the actual act of deciding you're going to do it, which we've heard about. But, you know, what sort of strategies or methods are you doing to kind of like keep your viewership with you, but then also kind of bring in the newer viewers while you, you know, kind of test the waters with other titles? Um, I know Nate's been playing a lot of player unknown battlegrounds, you know, games that I hate. Strat genre and then Jeff's been playing some other weird games from like the 1980s or something but like what sort of approaches have you guys been taking to like finding your ne- your new niche or like what to integrate into your streams you want me to go yeah yeah <laughs> all right um well for me for me it's it's I'm I, I've I've I, I can feel I can feel Nate's pain and Nate and Nate is is I, and I don't give a fuck anymore, right? I, I've, I have, I not only have I achieved everything that I've ever wanted to in StarCraft, I've achieved everything that I've wanted to do as an entertainer. Period. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I've, I've got, I've got the things I need in my life. Um, I've got a very supportive community. I still see my good friends here. Um, you know, life is good. And my biggest, my biggest challenge that I have with streaming, and it has changed over the years, is challenging myself. And I feel as though if I'm not progressing in life, and not if you even just take streaming out of the picture or YouTube out of the picture, if I'm not progressing, whether it's my health in terms of getting in shape, eating better, um, you, know, uh, you know, the type of money that I make, uh, the relationships that I'm growing – if certain areas of my life aren't doing good, I'm usually rattled. Now, it's a little different uh, for me because typically if my stream isn't going the way I want it to, my life is kind of rattled up. You know, my my relationship, uh, you know, is always good, but I can be on edge uh, around the house. I can be, um, 
I, I, I can, you know, maybe not talk to my family as much as I would like. Um, if I go to a thing like PAX, uh, and I'm away from my stream for five days. I know that in the back of my mind, there goes 200 subs. You know, there oh, goes yeah. there goes a thousand dollars plus in support from fans. Uh, there goes the follows, and there goes 20, 30 percent of my viewership when I come home. And now I'm going to have to go ahead and grind 10 hours a day for the next three weeks in order to get back to where I was pre packs. So you know, all those things go to my mind, and 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 a lot of people, a lot of viewers. Um, they don't see those sort of things. They don't understand the the stress and the pressure of having this job. It's a great job. Um, if you are as fortunate as I am and have such a supportive community, um, financially, it's very rewarding. It's very motivating to know that you've created your own job. You take care of your family, um, you know, being able to move to a nice city like, you know, L.A. and things like that, you know, wouldn't have been possible without the progression uh, as an entertainer and as an entrepreneur. But when it comes to transitioning, I'm kind of going full circle here. It's it for me, it's not just about the game I play anymore. It's about hitting personal goals. Am I happy when I play this game? Am I happy? Um, you know, it's, it's a really fucky thing, man, because the best thing that you can do in terms of streaming and Nate has been doing it the right way, is playing the game that you're known for first, obviously, playing that for half of your stream or a good amount of hours, waiting till you hit your peak and then transitioning into a game so that you're pushed up further on the list so that even when you right. go to the other game, you're, you're, you have a, a, an ability to be able to uh, be noticed um, or even be hosted by other big streamers that see you. Um, those sort of things, that all, that all, that all helps. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, even when you do that, you get you get fans. Uh, the real fans they don't say anything. The real fans enjoy it. They'll support you in whatever. And I am fucking the people that support this podcast. The people that support my stream. Um, the people that are just you know that'll like a fucking tweet on my Twitter. Those are the champions because those are the ones that are are getting me through and getting us through uh, our everyday thing. But God bless them. God bless them. You fucking right. But the the it's the ones that that are there because you're just on or they don't really care about you. They just want to see you play Starcraft or they just want to see you play this. It's your core and then the audience. Moment your core exactly your core audience. Once once somebody comes in and they, and you're and you've switched over to say you know when I'm when I'm playing RuneScape and then I play Kingdom Hearts for three days because I want to. You have some assholes that come into the chat and like, where's your viewership, man? What happened? And Ugh. they say, and they say these things and it hurts, man. It, it hurts. Um, and then they, and then they wonder why you're in a pissy mood. It's like, dude, I'm already mad that I have to not play the game that I'm used to playing and that I'm known for and that I get recognition for, you know, I'm already fighting this inner battle of wanting to have fucking fun or wanting to eat. Um, you know, I'm already fighting this. So the least you could do is shut the fuck up. And if you don't like what I'm playing, go watch somebody else's stream. But of course you've got those people. But when that happens, it's, it's yeah, sure. We're streamers. We got to get thick skin and we got to be able to take these things. And oh, boo hoo. I understand that. But what it does for me and I'm, and I'm talking about me is it, it makes me question my motives even more. It, It makes me go, why am I doing this? 
do I still want to do, do I still want to play StarCraft full time? Can I even afford, you know, where is this going to be in a year from now? And I was always the type of person that looked far ahead. That's why I jumped on the League of Legends train. You know, some people say, you know, there's there's bandwagon streamers that'll play the newest, biggest game and they'll get the biggest views. And that's phenomenal. I'm more of like a bandwagon community guy, right? I I hop when I know that I have overstayed my welcome and my 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 worth is no longer um, or my value there is no longer uh, where I want it to be or if I'm not having fun anymore. And, you know, usually I go on stints for a year, year and a half, two years with a certain game. And then I always dabble with other games just to get that audience knowing that I do play other games and eventually I will stop playing said game and I will move on to other games because that is the reality of longevity in this industry. If you stay with one game for too long, you're fucked. And the only way that you're not fucked is if you are of such a huge core fan base, like Adam said, that will support the shit out of you, that you can stay there for a few years and live off the support of your fans, um, which is great if you've got that. That's phenomenal. But in order to get that core, you still have to go and play games that are that are growing and that are big. So for me, it, it's never really so much been about jumping games and transitioning into games, although that's a byproduct of me not progressing in life and feeling like I'm fulfilled. When I have to wake up in the morning and dread playing StarCraft, where that's where I was, where I had accomplished my goals. I had gotten GM. I have uh, created the biggest uh, uh, series with Adam on YouTube. Where where else do I go? Do I just keep this this hamster wheel running because I did that for about a year, year and a half after I got GM and it was great. You know, I was making money. I was, you know, my stream was still growing to an extent, you know, but at the end of the day, I wasn't growing as an entertainer. The, the content was getting lazy. It was getting repetitive. It was the same stuff and I wasn't fulfilled. And that was when I decided to make the transition. And of course I went on a transition to a big game like League of Legends. And then, you know, I did that whole thing. So yes, it is. It's a tough thing. It's, it's tough knowing that you're going to lose income. It's tough not knowing where your stream is going to, it's, it's tough leaving a safe place. It's no different than working a regular nine to five job and you got great benefits and you know, you're, you've got your schedule. You work from 9am till 5pm, Monday to Friday, you got the weekends off. It's a cushiony job, but then you've got a family member or friend or an opportunity that arises where you can make potentially make more money. You'll have more freedom. You can grow to be your own boss. You can make your own decisions. And man, doesn't that sound sexy, but it is so scary to leave a secure thing and and a lot of that in streaming it's fake security it is this it's this facade or this this there's this smoke that is like yeah you're doing great now you're doing great now you're doing great now but where are you going to be in a year are you being real with yourself are you lying to yourself where are you truly going to be in a year are you going to be happy are you still going to be able to pay the bills and the, what I've always done is I've just taken the leaps of faith and I've, and I've always taken my personality and my sticks everywhere I went. And, uh, I've always managed to keep my core and I'm very blessed that way. Um, but it's, it's not an easy thing. I know it's, I know I talked for a good five minutes there, but, um, 
It's a, it's, Five? it's, a, it's, well, 10, maybe, I don't know, but it's, <laughs> it's a passionate thing of mine. It's, it's, it's something that well, I yeah, deal of with course, it's your fucking all the time. Right. And, um, there's a lot on the line when you make these switches. Yeah, of yeah, course. So, so Nate, go for it. What, what's your side? What's your side to that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. so, it's so fucking true though. That's, that's how it is. And I mean, I haven't, I haven't had to do that yet, but you know, at least for me, when I look at uh, examples of, of ways that it can not turn into a horrible, painful death for me, as you look at like how, how Jeff's been able to do it. And like, obviously you already pointed out, like I I'll play Starcraft and I'll play something else, but the, the, the problems behind it, you know, it's, I, I'll finish my stream and I'll go, I'll go hang out with Julia. I'll just be like, you know, we'll, we'll go for a walk. I'm just, I just don't, I just didn't have fun today. You know, mm-hmm. I, I played Starcraft for, for five hours mm-hmm. and you know, some games were okay. Games were all right. I had, I went up to a thousand viewers. It was great. Right. Got a couple subs, like people in chat said, whatever, no big deal. And then I'll go and like, you know, and then I played a couple games of H1Z1. I played with one of my friends or, or solo and I had such a good fucking time mm-hmm. and 75% of people leave. And I'm like, you can't, I'm like, it, it's, it's the most difficult things. Like I am having a better time. I'm definitely being funnier cause I'm feeling better. I'm more relaxed. I'm not as stressed. The game lets itself just lets me talk to my stream more. And obviously, you know, as you're saying, like, the way the core audience works, most people don't give a shit. They're like, oh, this yeah. isn't what I want to see. Fuck off. And for me, that's, that's the toughest part right now is because I need that. Cause I, I passed the point of, I should have gotten into something else more seriously. And I, I've dabbled in other stuff from time to time. I would have periods where I would play a lot of other stuff. And then something would, would pull me back to Starcraft, whether it was a tournament or some patch. And I, at least for me, I feel like I'm at the point where I've more than overstayed my welcome in terms of just doing that because my content for Starcraft is slowly getting worse. You know, people, people can tell that I don't enjoy it as much. And there's still a lot of people that will watch it regardless of whatever. The same people that won't watch anything else. And then there's my, my dedicated fans that do watch everything else. And the thing, the thing is, through all of that, that I've noticed is fuck at this point I've been doing so much other stuff. Now, a lot of my most dedicated fans, people who actually, you know, the, the big donators, the longtime subs, they don't even show up in my chat until I'm playing something else Yep. because yep. they don't, because they, they notice it too. Yep. And they're like, yeah, well the stream is much better when you're, when you're playing something else. Like I'm going to stream until I reach whatever the cutoff area is of Persona 5 this weekend. And I know my viewership's going to be super shit. I'll be happy if I break 200 viewers. I was st- I was stoked that I broke, I had like over 200 playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. And that was like the first time I'd done a stream with no StarCraft in it in maybe like two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that the chat is going to be great. There's going to be a lot of people super happy. And the people that really like watching what I do are going to be there. And that is, it's, you get to it's feed just off your a, energy. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a difficult thing because I want to enjoy, you know, playing StarCraft. I want to make this, I want to, you know, really obviously drag it out as much as I can because I do like the game, but the stress comes down to it. And most of those core people are just like, fuck you, dude, you make money doing this. I don't care about whatever your shit is. It's like, you suck at the game, kill yourself, you know, just the normal, normal shit that you deal with every day. But I'm just like, it's, you you gotta be, you gotta be happy. You know, here's a, here's a quick question for you. Here's a quick question and we can just give it a yes or a no. You don't even need to go crazy into it and be, and if you don't want to answer it, don't answer it. All right. (laughs) So if you could play a game like persona five, 
or a game like H1Z1 or whatever it is that you want to play, and you were guaranteed the same amount of viewers or just maybe 20%, 30% less, would you be done with StarCraft? Would you say... I'm done. Like, I don't, I, 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 there's no reason for me to play this anymore. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about the bills being paid. I don't have to worry about growth. Um, would you just jump? Yeah. Until something big came out. No hesitation. If something big came out, you know, is the thing is I, I've, I've started to understand this and it's, it's currently, you know, every day I think about this move I'm going to make when my lease is up in July because I don't know what it costs to live. I know panic. I know you live in New York, so you know that rent can be expensive. But rent is oh, fucking man. expensive in Los Angeles. This place was no super either, nice. Well, while I'm working at, when I was like getting a lot of work, you know, doing WCS and shit, nothing was tough. It was great. Life is, everything's on easy street. If I needed to take a day off, if I wanted yeah. to take two days off to just chill and do nothing, and then I could go back to StarCraft with a fresh thing, you know, that was that was totally doable. It was totally fine. But I cannot wait to move somewhere cheaper so that I can say to myself, I'm not having fun playing this game. I want to take a week off and I just want to play something else. Yep. You know, if fucking Metal Gear Survive, some other game that catches my attention comes out. I want to play that shit for a week and then maybe be like, oh, you know what? Okay, it's been a while since I played some StarCraft. I don't mind Let's playing it, it a bit. Or or there's a you patch want, that came out. Something's different. You know, something's yeah. different. Something something draws my attention to it. And I, I hate that I can't do that because I know that my reliance on doing so much StarCraft is what makes my StarCraft content so much worse than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't even rage at the game anymore. Now I just play and I'm just like, well, either something crazy awesome happens or it's just just me sitting there just playing the game with more viewers than anything else that I could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And I, it, you know, it's just, it's that interaction that I know the struggle I'm so constantly, constantly thinking about. I know it. Here's, here's, yeah. here's my bit from, you know, from, uh, from those of us out there, uh, smashing those hundred views concurrent, uh, mm. those living that dream. Uh, no, here, here's, here's my take on it. Not, not necessarily because of my stream size, but because of my stream content. So, uh, between the three of us, you guys both relied, obviously, as we uh, everybody knows on Starcraft as your main content driver, uh, almost flat out for years on end before yeah. anything even started to crop up. And, um, I had, I had the shortest period of time where I attempted to do that. And it was with Hearthstone when it was still in beta. And I was playing Hearthstone for like 12 hours a day. And that's actually when I got my sub button on Twitch because I had 800 concurrent viewers hey, every time well I played with Hearthstone. That I was, yeah. yeah, no, it was crazy. Uh, it, was, it was by far the best I, I ever did uh, with streaming. And uh, so I did that. And I did that for a couple of, uh, you know, I think it was like three, three months or, or so. And then uh, I, I realized quickly then i was not of the constitution of somebody who could physically wake up every day and play the same game over and over and over again um no matter how much of a competitive person i i may be either both internally like like setting goals for myself or externally in terms of playing a game that's competitive i figured out quickly that that was not for me i uh, i was Obviously, very happy to see the numbers. 
you know, as a streamer, it's one of the, when, especially for those of you who are looking to start streaming, you're listening to this at some point, the hardest hurdle you're ever going to have as a streamer, short of the amount of hours that you're putting in, but that's related to this, is looking at your view count. You look over and you're going to see when you first start zero people or like three people and one of them is Nightbot and you've like nobody fucking talking (laughs) in your chat and it's just the struggle is so real and because you know despite the fact that you're playing something that you might like or whatever uh, the most gratifying part is knowing that there are people out there that want to consume the content that you're creating. So uh, that part was gratifying to me, but I couldn't, that didn't outweigh me waking up and going, shit, I need to play Hearthstone for 12 hours today, and I really don't want to play Hearthstone for 12 hours today because Zulok sucks and I like to play Druid, and I don't want to play Zulok for 12 hours just to be like everybody else. And so... Uh, I, I almost, after that three months, I went back to my, to my variety caster roots, which is the, in my opinion, hardest thing to do on Twitch mm-hmm. is oh, be yeah. a variety yeah. caster. Oh yeah. Modding Skyrim. Have huge Modding Skyrim. Views, right? Unless, you're, unless you're, you're Lyric or yeah, somebody exactly. who's, who's already an enormous and game hopping, you, you shoot yourself in the foot each and every time you start a new game. And I was super lucky because we had Lang TV as a Kickstarter for uh, our streaming careers, right? So even after all these years, I still have a very specific core of people that will watch me play anything. But my growth is pretty much, you know, it's flatlined. It's it doesn't go north. It doesn't really go south. It's just it's just there. Um. So uh, so even though I get to play different games that I like, like for like what Nate just said. Is I just want to move to a place that's cheaper so that I can play, you know, had a full boyfriend for, you know, f- six, seven hours. And just, <laughs> that's the pigeon game, my right? Life. That's the fucking yeah, pigeon, the pigeon game. game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. I want to play Hello Kitty Island Adventure and not have anybody judge me like that shit, which is, which is great. But what I'm going to say is, is that I hope that like Jeff does, for example, with, with RuneScape now and League before that and, and everything he's done, is that I hope that you do find something that you can make your main game as a platform. And I say this because yeah. as nice as it is to be able to play whatever you want, as a variety caster, I now I now equally hate the fuck out of everything. I don't really enjoy <laughs> games anymore it was one thing for me when i first started getting into streaming and and doing starcraft content and and uh you know whatever else i, I did at the beginning hearthstone um i i was you know when you first start out it's honeymoon period everything's fucking awesome but after a right. while you realize that video games are no longer an escape it's just your job and you you don't get to choose okay i just got home from work or school and now i can play some games and fucking relax and i can turn it off when i get angry at the game be like fuck this shit and just turn it off and walk away you don't have any of those freedoms anymore now it's i need to turn this on i need to put on a face unless you're you know jaded in the game like jeff and i are at this point and just literally tell everybody to go fuck themselves and nobody cares anymore uh until you get to that point you're you're just stuck in this little box and and so if you have a main game that even though you might wake up in the morning and say to yourself, I really don't want to play this for the next six to seven <laughs> hours before I switch games. The beauty of having a main game like that 
is that it still kind of keeps this feeling like a job so that when you switch to a game that you want to play, you still enjoy yourself as if you were playing it casually, which uh, is something that I wish I could have. But personality wise, I literally and I've tried over the years many different times to get back into like a competitive game to just lock in as a mainstay. I can't do it. I kill myself. So, uh, but at the same time, that's the the struggle Adam, that I deal with. You're one hell of a podcast host, brother. All right, well, when we blow I, I this podcast s- up to the stratosphere, we're already making button. three G's a month, baby. We're already making that dirty esports money. I know. Once, hey, once we get to that five G's, bro. You're gonna be able to move up in house. Let's go. I'm putting I'm putting leather seats in my Toyota. Mm, nice. Go. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's you know from my perspective as a, as a variety caster because there's like this level of sexiness with streaming where you go from oh I want to be uh, I want to be this guy that only plays this one game and has ten thousand people watching them and it's whatever and there are some downsides to that and oh I want to be uh, you know, and then you get to that point where you might be like a, a Nate or a Jeff who aren't, you know, pulling in 10,000 people. So it's not really, you're not getting so much money that you're like, oh, I don't, I don't, who gives a shit? I'll just keep playing this game. Uh, and you want to change and play something else. The, then so you're the, not making the, the sexiness money. factor. Yeah. yeah. The sexiness, the sexiness factor of the variety caster then becomes a thing. But then as a variety caster, you sit there and go, well, no, then everything sucks equally. So you suggest. Just definitely, my suggestion yeah. to anybody that's getting into streaming is find something that you can play for long periods of time, always as a base, and then play games that you want to play as a relaxed downturn, last three hours, four hours of your stream, because then you will still have some enjoyment of playing the games that you want to play. Uh, just to quickly add on to that, that is that is basically been my thing my, my my current predicament is more born out of i know that i'll be able to take a plunge into another community which is what i really want to do i want to i want to commit to something else because i'm i'm still a competitive person yeah. i want to i want to move into something new i want to have a new adventure and a new goal to you know improve myself at something but yeah I, obviously i'm flopping all over the place right now because i'm still in this point where i can't afford to you know, really limit my StarCraft that much yet. So I'm like, well, if I have a chance to play anything, I'm going to fucking take it right now, you know? Yeah, just testing the waters all the time, right? Just putting your feet in the pond and seeing what sticks and, 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 uh, you know, instead of maybe playing that game once or twice a week, maybe now you're playing it three or four times and just kind of seeing what works, right? And there's new games that come out all the time. You know, guys like us are just always kind of waiting for that next big game to come out. Um, right. that not everybody's going to jump on board with, you know, because there are people that are famous in RuneScape and famous in, uh, you know, League and famous in StarCraft and famous in, you know, whatever that are not going to jump. They may test the waters with that game, but they're not going to leave their mainstay because of everything that we talked about. And that is when, you know, medium-sized streamers can go in for the jugular and really make a name for themselves and and kind of claim a new top spot somewhere um, and that's, but that's just kind of the patience game, right? Just kind of holding out as long as possible, uh, in hopes that, uh, eventually that happens for me the the hope was kind of on overwatch when that came out, but, uh, man, overwatch season one sucked and, and the whole, um, direction in which they were going with the game at the time was just so all over the place. Around. Um, mm. so, you know, I just never really got into it. And, and now of course it is far too late to, uh, just kind of jump in there and do it now. So right now it's just kind of, uh, you know, it's one of those things I'm, I'm very happy playing RuneScape now. So uh, my, my thing is I'm just grinding the RuneScape, having a great time. Community is actually wonderful. 
and then playing what I like at night and, and kind of switching it up and and uh, doing exactly what Adam's saying and just kind of having that that little bit of freedom, but still being confined to sort of one mainstay type thing that people yeah. kind of know you for. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I, I, gentlemen. I, no, go. No, you had something else. Go no, for it. Oh, I was. It. I was the only. The only other thing I was going to say is, and as, it's, it's not. A, it's not a negative thing about StarCraft. It's just that I've been doing it for so long. You know, mm-hmm. it, you're ready for you need new goals in life, and that's yep. one of the Absolutely. big. That's one of the big things to, that you need makes to keep it, it fresh. Yeah, oh, six 100%. years is long fucking it's a long time. Especially, <laughs> especially in gaming, man. You think about that. Oh, how yeah. much gaming has changed in six years, and and being an entertainer mm-hmm. for six years, dude. Started this shit when we were like twenty two years old. I'm fucking thirty. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane to think about that. Right. And it becomes even more insane when you think, well, can I really do this for another six years? Like, can I really grind this for another? I have to make a change at yeah. some point. I have to, um, cause there's no way. Right. So that's yeah. pretty, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy thing. We could talk about that for, you know, for days. Forever. Really. Yeah. yeah. Forever. We could sit here oh, and yeah. be a bunch of old jaded men and barely crusting 30 years old for forever. I'm sure. But, uh, but we are going to go. And, and take a, a small break here and, and sell out hard, as always, during our break. Nate, do you want to stick around? We're going to talk about the Persona 5 uh, gong show, but if you need to head out to have dinner, you know, din-dins with the wifey, then uh, feel free to, to, to bounce out. But do you want to stick around? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah. Okay. That's just wonderful. Let's play ball. You know what? You know what the the fine folks at home should do, Adam, uh, while this break is going on, because they've done such a great job. And I'm not saying this sarcastically. What should they do, Jeff? They should go to iTunes and give us a five star <laughs> rating and go and leave a review because that shit brought us to number two on the gaming yeah, podcast. And the views on iTunes have doubled Went to the roof, yeah. straight up doubled. So shout outs to all of you motherfuckers out there that has been going over and leaving All a fire review. 30, <laughs> hey, that's, dude, I went to some of the huge podcasts. Oh, I know. And they've and got they like 10 reviews. reviews and shit. I'm like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. hell? So 30 is good. So, you know, for people to go out of the way and do that, thank you so Big. much. And yeah, go do that yeah. while we're uh, shamelessly promoting our Patreon. Go do that. Too. Absolutely. Also Absolutely. Go follow Nate. You can see that Nathaniel's TV under his beautiful mug right there. You see that. You can go follow mm. that man, but we'll be we'll be back. Day. We'll be we'll be we'll be back talking about uh, the Persona Five streaming restrictions fiasco. We're also going to talk about Power Rangers and that Xbox Scorpio hype when oh. we get back. So uh, sit tight, roughly five or so minutes, and uh, Technical Alpha will continue. So see you soon. Hey guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live streamed every Friday at 8pm Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people. And really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly, though, while we like to joke about the sellout, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. 
Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Technical Alpha has returned. It's gotten a hell of a lot prettier in here since we were gone, I and mean, I don't know what's happened, but I think a couple of us are looking a lot more attractive than we were only a few minutes ago. <laughs> We've all got such great faces for radio. Oh it's beautiful. God. Look at us go. Jeff, if your white balance was ever, ever, any better at auto-correcting itself, we'd be having a rave in here, bro. Woo! It is real. So very real. Welcome back, everybody, uh, from that lovely sellout break. Hope you enjoyed the sellout. Uh, once again, if you're not already uh, checking us out on iTunes, we are there as well as Google Play Music, Patreon, SoundCloud, anywhere you can imagine. These VODs go up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. And of course, if you're listening to this at home and you've never seen us live, we are live every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash Technical Alpha, where you too can see things on fire in a live environment. It's a beautiful thing, really. Just don't. I saw. Don't, don't I saw fire. you get you, you put up the uh, the update on the Patreon as well. I did, yes, and I'm going to talk about that now that we're uh, back from from that uh, that little break, Reno. Uh, so we have we have a new stretch goal on the Patreon on the Patreon page, uh, and that is. Uh, I don't think we actually have a name for it because I don't think you can name them, but essentially it's it's for a $5,000, so we're pretty friggin' close as it stands right now. I think that puts us at roughly, what, 1800 more to go uh, before we hit that point somewhere in that uh, neighborhood. Yeah, we lost we lost a $100, guys, so there's one spot open there, so I think we're mm -hmm. like 1900 off. Yeah, so we're we're pretty we're pretty close, and that that one is going to get us uh, together to be able to spend another uh, couple of hours a week uh, the three of us sitting down and doing uh, bonus tech support segments that will go both out to the RSS feeds as well as uh, hit up on, on YouTube. And uh, it will allow us to answer more of your guys' questions from Patreon. You know, the $10 and higher can participate in that tech support question bit uh, that we talk. You know, we have a couple of questions from the community at the end of our podcasts. And we're going to kind of expand on that once we hit that goal and uh, and provide you guys with some bonus uh, additional content. So uh, if that strikes your fancy, you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash technicalalpha and uh, become part of that process. And maybe we can start answering all the, the important life questions like, why in the shit is Atlas Japan still living in 1983? Ooh, nice segue. Ugh. <laughs> Isn't well, that I'm so hyped for people. this game? I'm so hyped for this game. God damn it! I think this is gonna oh, no. be this is gonna be the Nate and uh, Nova War segment here. Uh, well, I, <sighs> to be, and you're not getting the game, are you? No, I mean I have comments on it because it's kind of a it's a, it's a weird situation, but it's an interesting one at the same time. So I have a lot of opinions on it. But yeah, this is definitely gonna be a salt fest between who's saltier <laughs> right now. Um, We've got the potassium-based Nate and the sodium-based Adam. Oh, wait. Oh, you got rage? I got rage yeah. too. One sec. I'm mad. You guys Let didn't watch tell the you TLDW about my meme rage. Some rage meters. So, uh, this is, this is a two scale game. This is actually, the disc is really, really large now. They, uh, they had to fit a lot of game on here. How much did you pay for that, large. Adam? Be honest. How much did you pay for that? Um, after How much did it cost in Canada? 
After what they pulled too much. I actually don't I actually don't remember and it was unfortunately before I had Amazon Prime so I could have saved 20%. Bullshit, bro. How much did you pay for that? No, I honestly don't remember. I paid because I I pre-ordered this the day you remember. it was made available. You remember? You fucking remember? Oh, you definitely I paid remember. For this. I paid. I, well, ball. I can ballpark it. It was a uh, uh, like a hundred and I want to say a hundred and fifty or a hundred and. Oh, what fuck me, dude? Fuck. Maybe I'm I'm oh. confused because I can check. I can probably check. I can probably check because basically no no not the not just the game. This is the this is the one that comes <gasps> with like all the extra bits and pieces, but. Um, Does it come the, with like a uh, fucking blow up Weeboo doll I mean, or some shit? I mean, shit? just the, I what are you gonna do with the bag? Just the base. What are you gonna do with the bag? Just the base. The bag. The, ba- the bag. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold a, a bottle of my tears in it. That's what I'm gonna do with the fucking bag. Oh um, no, no. This is the base game is obviously not 150 oh. fucking dollars. It was seven. It was. It would be like starving 70 children out there, maybe. Adam. Yeah. Well, guess See, what? I'm star. I'm Adam. starving too. <laughs> you and your Canadian dollarinos. I know the pesos are strong. I can't remember it's, how much it cuz I it's a good I paid, deal. It's a good deal I in America. I paid for that and law and and Last Guardian at the same time. And they were both collectors editions and I can't remember what each of them were, but they were both kind of in the same in the same ballpark. But I think that one was cheaper. I think it was like 100 it was between 130 and 150 I want to say for the collectors edition. That's crazy. Um but I'm a big I'm I am a big Persona fan, right? Like that, like Persona. I'm not the biggest Persona fan, but I'm I'm a pretty big fan. I, and this whole thing has has annoyed me, uh, not just because I wanted to stream it, but just because even if you took out of the fact that I want to be able to stream it, it doesn't make any sense. Like there's no angle you can attack this at where the logic they're trying to use makes any sense because they're using logic based on information that doesn't exist. So I don't, you know, it's, it's aggravating, but for me personally, uh, I got into persona like a lot of people in North America. I got into persona through persona four persona three. Wasn't really a thing here, uh, until people played persona four and then went back to persona three uh, Persona 4 was a, was the jumping in point for a lot of people. It reviewed extraordinarily well, and it was still a super niche title. Uh, possibly one of the most niche titles that you could uh, have, you know, without having it blow up like uh, like Persona 5 has kind of blown up in in the marketing sense. But I watched I watched Vinny Caravella and Jeff Gerstman from Giant Bomb uh, when they first had their their office. After Jeff got fired from GameSpot and they started Giant Bomb up and they were in, and like I can't remember where they were in California, but they were literally in the basement of this beat up freaking building and they had this couch that they literally stripped off the side of a road. It was like this 1970s orange ass couch that they put a blanket over so they didn't get AIDS. And then they, they set this whole thing up and every morning, every morning before they started their work day, they sat down and they played between like 30 minutes and an hour of Persona 4. And it was and it was to be entertaining because Vinny, Vinny was kind of into that thing, but Gersman was well-known and still well-known for absolutely loathing anything to do with anime. Fucking hates anime to death. And so it was kind of like this, this weird dichotomy of somebody who loved the genre or liked it and somebody who wanted to see it burnt alive. And the beautiful thing was by... By halfway through the game, and, and certainly by the end of it, Gersman was like Gersman thought Persona Four was fucking incredible, and uh, and and was a, a really crazy experience. That in what they called the endurance run, 
ran daily, five days a week, for eight months. And I woke up and I watched that shit every single day before I went to university for eight months. They they did a whole bunch of stuff in the game. So much, so so many like pre-internet meme memes started coming up because of that endurance run. And it put Persona 4, as far as I'm concerned, on the map in North America. This endurance run was watched by hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, Were they allowed it's to still my. <laughs> well, back then they were. <laughs> what, are you sure more, you're not too far into this into this rant? Are you t- not too far into this rant? You might be. Uh, you might get DMCA'd by yourself in the future. Yeah. I know. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Adam trouble. also told us this story on the first uh, edition of of uh, Technical Alpha. Technical Alpha. We were talking about well, our favorite probably games. yeah yeah. But just to frame it for those who maybe didn't hear that, like just to understand, you know, not just for me, but for I, honest to God, I'm not joking when I say. 80% of any kind of popularity Persona 4 saw in North America came from things like the Endurance Run where people were doing internet content mm. for that game because that's not a game that gets a lot of shine in North America back then. Now, a little bit more frequently, but back then, not a chance in hell. And it blew Persona 4 up considerably. They even they even got to go on and do Persona 4 Golden for the, the PS Vita or whatever the hell it came out on later on. Yeah, oh, he's got, he's it, got in it in his hands hand. right now. <laughs> oh, this so, is, man, this... Oh. Fighting game. It's good. Too. So, so it's, it, it, it's it, it, crazy to me that they couldn't possibly know that at this point. That Persona is a super niche title in North America. And than any game in this genre that can use all the advertising it can possibly get its fucking hands on. Anything and everything that it can do to sell copies is good because they take a lot of time to make these games and probably a shitload of money to sell it to four and a half people in Japan and the extra person or two in North America. They need all the coverage they can get. And there was so much hype for this game leading up, not just within the Persona community, but kind of outside of the Persona community. And I was like, this is the show. People are finally going to know who Persona is or what Persona is. Atlas is going to be oh, put on the now. map. Oh, uh, even more. Yeah, exactly. But in <laughs> this know, super positive light, I was, oh my God, I've been waiting for this game for, uh, well, shit, since whenever I watched the Endurance Run. It's been years, years and years and years and years and years. Because of the endurance run, I went out and bought a PlayStation 2 and Persona 4 just to play Persona 4, and I never touched it since. It's one of my favorite games ever friggin' made. And I only know about it because of something that they are disallowing right now for Persona 5. And that blows my fucking mind. I don't think Japan, because we've seen this from Japanese developers before with Square Enix uh, and Nintendo for YouTube content. We've seen this from the Japanese developers before. I, honest to God, I don't think they understand the the fucking gravity of internet-created content for video games and the amount of good shit that comes from having that. The only, the only thing that I could ever think of where this hurts you is if you've made a shit game and people find out that it's shit. That's literally the only way yep. this hurts you. Persona 5 is currently second only to Breath of the Wild for Metacritic this year. That is how fucking good this game is. And nobody's going to be talking about that now because they're going to be talking about how fucking stupid Atlas Japan is 
Well, actually, this was the last point I wanted to make before I pass this off to, to Nate, is that the unfortunate part is there's going to be a lot of people not talking about how this is Atlas Japan. They're going to be putting this on just, just Atlas. Atlas of America, which is, for all intents and purposes, a glorified, you know, localization company. They're not the people making the Persona games. And yet they're probably, because they did the public announcement, the ones that get dumpstered for, for having been the messenger. And it's just, uh, it's, it's, it, it boggles my mind. It doesn't make any sense. Nate, how do you, how do you feel about this? Because you got the PSP, the, you know, the PSV. Uh, before we, so you, before you we hand it off to Nate, it looks like. Did we, before we hand it off to Nate, do we actually give the audience like a full rundown on like, you know, kind of what Atlas did, Atlas Japan did? I don't think we actually well, went over it for everyone. We we well, should. sure. I mean, Nate, Nate, do you do you know yeah. what they? Yeah. Okay, so you can so, you can do yeah. that. Ba- basically, they the Atlas America to make this post is also important to mention. Atlas USA like tweeted out this thing and they they put it on their website like in regards to streaming this game uh, because we don't want spoilers of this game, which has already been out for a while in Japan, to to ruin people's experience since. Persona is generally more of like a single run type of game. You're not doing like a bunch of different, you're not something the most replayable type of game you're ever going to play. And they're like, well, we don't want anybody to stream past a specific date in the game. The game has like an, like a calendar, like, you know, days pass by. And they're like, once you hit this date, we do not want you to be broadcasting or putting up any videos at all because this is where crucial plot elements come out that can ruin the game for someone who uh, otherwise hadn't played it yet. Or and I, I think they also mentioned like certain like boss battles they didn't want on YouTube or whatever as well. And basically, I think this point was about one third into the game is what people have been telling me. So at this point, it's like that's it, first third of the game, nothing else. And they did state that they would be issuing uh, DMCA's to have people's channels brought Super down strict. if they were caught violating this. Yeah. So it's not even like a, here's a warning. We're gonna you know it's gonna be whatever. I mean, you're running the risk. Of flat out getting your channel suspended um, by doing that, and and Twitch, you know, Twitch. Here's something I'm going to put on Twitch for this as well. If this was a couple of years ago, partners would be getting specific emails that said, "Here are the guidelines for this game by the developer, and this is what we as Twitch are going to uphold, and what you need to be aware of." The closest thing we got for that from Twitch right now in the year 2017 was the Twitch support Twitter saying, "Hey guys, kind of be you know be careful about when you're streaming your Persona 5." And that was literally the whole tweet. There was no specifics. Yep. There was no <laughs> how much of this is Twitch upholding? Are they all in? Are they partially in? What will be the result if if um, Atlas Japan comes over and, and singles out a stream? Is it going to be a temp ban? Is it going to be a channel closure? Uh, you know what? There's nothing, and that used to be the the you know that used to be the case, but we're not getting that anymore. And the worst part about this, at least you know from from my perspective as Mister you know wanting to stream other games, do other stuff is. I'm not the guy that's making big money off this game. I just want to play it and enjoy it with my viewers. You know, yeah. there's and it affects it affects everybody. This isn't just like, oh, you know, they didn't say, hey, big channels are probably the ones that are going to be targeted by this. They're like, no, completely across the board. And back to what you said about uh, the Twitch support thing, Twitch didn't come out and say anything useful at all. Like, they're like, oh, hey, 
people could get DMCA'd if they restream the Power Rangers marathon, but they're like, you'd probably be okay as long as you don't put the VODs up for it. You know, there's no condition like that given for for the yeah. Persona scenario. So you're like, well, how strict are they going to be? I've been trying to see if anybody had actually been in trouble with this. Obviously, I don't want to be spoiled because I'm, I do intend to play the game myself, but the lack of information about it is ridiculous and... Yeah. Yeah, just 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 yeah. the way that it's being handled is it's just disgusting. Uh, but well, just, the logic, the things, though, just the from logic, though, like, from Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, from from like a legal perspective, especially um, from the content side, like Atlas is actually one hundred percent well within their rights to kind of put any kind of restrictions they want. Now it's of course stupid that they're enforcing it this way because yeah, it's free. It's free publicity. It's a good way to get the game out there. It's kind of what the current marketing norm is influencer marketing getting streamers out playing getting people in and for the people who can't necessarily you know they want to see the game more before this is the show but you know atlas for some reason atlas japan kind of similar to nintendo it might be a cultural thing where they don't see it like that and they're just like we made this game you're either going to play it on our terms you know unspoiled or that you're not going to get to experience it um, but yeah. unfortunately, it's not really something that Twitch can really deal with or YouTube. You know, they're bound by law mm -hmm. there. So, you know, I kind of I kind of don't agree with, you know, bashing on Twitch too much. Yeah, they might have been able to publicize well, I'm not, it more. I'm not bashing on I'm not bashing on Twitch for enforcing it. It's how they handle I'm it. Cool. He's not happy with. Yeah. A real yeah. statement would have been nice. I'm not real statement probably fair. About yeah. how, I'm not I'm not happy about how we used to get an email that outlined Twitch's specific stance on it, I understand, now, somebody who's been in the business for six years, I understand that uh, DMCA is above Twitch, exactly, that's mm. obvious, uh, an obvious thing, Yeah, but that's not everybody involved in the game, and Twitch used to post stuff about, you know, what, you know, what will happen here for this specific game, because it's, think about how often this has happened, outside of embargoes, which is a standard, you know, thing in the industry uh, to begin with. Outside of that, how many games has ha have had this treatment? I can think of one other time. I can't even remember the game, but I can think of one other time that I ever actually had to get directly messaged from Twitch for them to say, "Guys, you can't, you know, there there are serious guidelines for this and we have to enforce them as a company because this never well, freaking happens." So they, it also happens when they when you're not allowed to stream a game until a certain hour, and what they'll when do is released, they'll yeah. they'll be a they'll be a pop down thing like a, yeah, a, yeah. a global message saying, "Hey, just a reminder, you're not allowed to stream this game until you know 12 p.m. Eastern time, uh, and then it's and it's free reign." They probably should have done something like that as well for Persona like and made it a worldwide thing. Uh, put it on your dashboard or whatever. They seem to be adding a bajillion other things on the dashboard. You know, having a good partner Twitch relationship on the dashboard, even if there was like a live chat available uh, on the dashboard where you could just type in and kind of queue up to somebody at Twitch to answer questions or where they could drop you a message and say, hey, you can't stream this game or you can't do this. Same with the Power Rangers thing. They didn't really say a whole lot about it, but they if you did go in the description of their their channel, it did say that you could stream it as well, and I did, but I just deleted the VOD afterwards, and I never right. had an issue, right? So that wasn't that wasn't too bad. I'll give you my opinion on this uh, quickly. I, I think it's retarded. I think it's stupid. Um, I don't think that any game should be saying that you know, they, they want, they don't want their game spoiled. I mean, the game was already released in Japan. There's already plenty of websites, people, spoilers. If people wanted There's to know, let's play in English on YouTube. 
they would just go and yeah. watch it. So that's just stupid. Um, but what, what you guys said earlier, typically when that happens, it's usually the game is bad. But from what we're hearing, the game isn't shit. So it doesn't make sense unless they just didn't have confidence in their game that or or it's not like it got bad press in Japan. So it's not. No, I, it just doesn't make sense. It seems like they're kind of going the movie route in terms of, you know, when it comes to uh, somebody like uh, Christopher Nolan and how secretive he is with his movies and how he he tries to to um to force the viewer to watch his film in his way. He wants to deliver the package yeah. in a way that he knows that you are going to watch it and consume it in a way that it was meant to be consumed. I he think that is probably experience. exactly. I think that's what they wanted as well. Maybe they felt as though the 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 story wouldn't been has have been as as impactful at certain points in the game if you had already watched another streamer stream part of that game or whatever even if the spoilers are out there this is the only logic that i can think of is if they really wanted the consumer to play it in a specific light and then that way they'll they feel as though their message will get out the best and uh hence the the consumer will give it a double thumbs up or if they had been spoiled on certain things or have seen certain things that it wouldn't have that that oomph when when those big moments happen but even still yeah. i don't think that that still warrants the, the them wanting to go out and and do this to the streamers because streamers sell games yeah. it's just that simple usually I mean, when, a, when a hot game it's comes pretty out, tone deaf on atlas's part yeah when when a when a hot game comes out a viewer will typically either watch the streamer that they love play the whole thing or they will come in and they'll get a piece of it. They'll watch the beginning and make a, a judgment if they want to buy the game or not. And I think that sells games more than it doesn't sell games. Yeah, and sure. the, kind of look I at think, Atlas scene. And yeah, I was going to say, Atlas just pretty much came in like, enjoy Persona 5. Oh, yeah, by the way, here's the guidelines. They, like, if you, like, the way it came out, I read about it on Twitter. It just kind of like yeah. came out as like an afterthought to everything. So they didn't really come out and publicize it up until they're just like, oh, yeah, game's out, by the way, don't do this. And they kind of like tried to like let it go under the radar that way. So I feel like that's kind of part of the reason why it's so chaotic. Well, I mean, it's also yeah. just the guidelines are stupid in general. Yeah. It's not just don't stream Stupidly the game. Specific. It's you can stream it, but only in you know up to 90-minute parts as long as they don't include yeah. major story points. Yeah. And then you have to stop definitively at 7-7 seven, seven in game. And you have to, you know, you have to pray to the rain gods once every five and a half minutes and face to the north and fucking whatever the hell, like crazy lengthy shit they had in there. It was like the encyclopedia of fucking Britannica. It was like with Square Enix, it was the stupid thing for them was we need to have Square Enix's logo on your screen in the build the build number for our game or for Nintendo it was we don't care what you do we're just going to take your money on YouTube and you know that's shit but at least we can still do content Rockstar and did here it, too, it was right? like Rockstar did yeah it Rockstar Rockstar did it too well theirs was like a timed like a timed thing uh, as well um, it, Rockstar's was weird they kind of backed down on a bit of their they uh, their did, stuff yeah. yeah so but this is the thing that doesn't that, that really irks me they say that they don't want people to get spoiled well here's the fucking now here's the mind blowing thing if you took more than three and a half seconds to think about the stupidity that just come out of your mouth if you say, I don't want my game spoiled, so that's why we're not going to allow streaming. Think about them. what somebody has to do <laughs> in order to fucking get spoiled by a stream. What's the process? You need to sit down. You need to say, you know what? I want to watch a stream of Persona 5. Then they have to physically go to the website, 
Then they have to go to browse. Then they have to go to Persona 5. Then they have to, like, and all this while, they could have cognitive dissonance going, no, maybe not, no, no. And then they finally, they get to the point where they choose somebody, and then they have to watch it long enough to get fucking spoiled, all of which is a consumer decision from, from beginning to end to get spoiled. You know where you get spoiled? On social media. That's where you get fucking spoiled. I got spoiled. I was fucking, hey, Twitterbot's I going went, out if you mention the game. They've Don't. got bots made for this shit. I went I went to Atlas's Twitter or I was linked to Atlas's Twitter for the the article, right? Cuz as a streamer, I kind of needed to be informed about this and Twitch right. wasn't doing it, so I had to go to the source. So I go there and of course the like uh, you see the tweet and the and because there's no click to show replies button, they're just there. My the first fucking comment is the like the biggest spoiler in the fucking game. And Isn't I'm like, right? are you fucking kidding me? What are the, what is, the, how much irony is involved in that there? We're going to put out a fucking thing about spoilers and it's going to, it's going to exponentially increase people spoiling it, not only because they were already doing it, but now they're going to feel justified. Now people are going to go, you know what? We, we have, you know, now we have a reason. They're being idiots about this. Let's spoil it even more. And that's what's oh, yeah. happening. Like, the, the, it's yeah. crazy. So, like, uh, to go from a system where a person has to physically go out of their way to go and spoil themselves to pissing off the entire fucking community and having everybody get spoiled in places that they have to already actively try to avoid to begin with is so dense. I don't understand how they get to that fucking point. It doesn't make any, any sense no matter how you attack it. Twitch is moving to a point now where you'll be able to buy the game through a link of somebody who's streaming the title if they're a partner. It's going to be right there. It's going to be click through purchases. Like the amount it's of already like out. Uh, yeah, yeah. So people I don't, I don't understand how they just they obviously the only thing I can think of is that Japan J- Japanese developers literally don't know anything about Twitch TV or YouTube. They have to be completely ignorant. They have to be living in the mindset of like the piracy argument. Where the, the thing is, at the end of the day, the piracy argument is a hard thing to win because you have to be able to prove the person was ever going to purchase the thing in the first place. It's not just, oh, they downloaded the game and now we didn't get revenue. Well, if they didn't pirate it, were they ever planning to fucking buy the game in the first place? If they're pirating it, odds are they either didn't have the money to buy it and therefore weren't, or didn't think it was worth the money and weren't going to buy it. And that's for 90 probably plus percent of the case... So it's just, it's the same idea. We're going to, we're going to screw everybody for this tiny fucking percentage and, and lose. But in this case, the opposite where piracy, it's not the case. We can make more money this way. So I just, I don't, I just don't get it. It's fucking crazy. I hope they reverse it because it's stupid. They're going to lose a lot of money and they're going to go from a company that's been lauded in the Japanese RPG community as being one of the really fucking God tier developers. And now they're just getting to get shit wrecked for ah, the well, next they, they, they look like a joke long. yeah yeah they they look like a, com- a complete joke because of it and that's that's the other thing is there's no like hey for the first week or the first month it's don't do this and if you're thinking about maybe doing it at some point you can also go fuck yourself because we won't give you anything that you could use to say well maybe if i just wait out the launch period or something yeah. like that no you're just gonna wait for another obscure tweet that's going to come out with a bunch of spoilers attached to it that yep. says, 
okay, now you can stream up to, oh, the next third of the fucking game, like in a month, and everyone else just be like, holy shit. Like, yeah. it wouldn't even surprise me at this point. Yeah, it's a mess. It's I think we can all agree it's it's a mess, and and I, it's either they're it's they have my the the explanation that I had where they just trying to get people to play it in a certain light, and that's the show, or they're just really like Adam said, ignorant. They just don't understand uh, the way things are. It, it's kind of hard to envision that that's the truth, like that they really don't know about streaming and they really don't know about YouTube. That would just be mind blowing. Um, and somebody would need to get a job there and make them a shit ton of money because if one guy went in that actually knew shit about uh, how Twitch is ran and live streaming and how popular all that stuff is, their revenue would just go, would just skyrocket. But now instead, you know, there's some fuckery. And like Nate said, it would have been great if they came out and said, uh, hey, the first the first 30 days, you can't stream it, guys. I'm sorry. After that, go have fun. Go, go nuts. Go play uh, at this date. You can play it as much as you want. And that's the show, but that's not it. I think mean, we all agree it's dumb. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, doesn't make absolutely. sense. Absolutely. It just you know what else sense. a lot? You know what else a lot of people were scared of that might be stupid? Power Rangers movie. Jeff, mm. how was the Power Rangers movie? You know what? <laughs> it wasn't. Um, it wasn't bad at all. It was. It was. Oh, well, I didn't go in with huge expectations, right? We did have the whole yeah. Power Rangers thing on Twitch, yeah, and yeah, yeah. we were getting hyped up, and it was a big marketing tool, you know, to, to get people excited for Power Rangers. And I was the demographic that was going to see and watch Power Rangers regardless. It didn't matter if it was on Twitch or whatever. It's my childhood. I was going to go and watch it. I went in with very little expectations. I went in thinking this is probably going to be bad. Um, I'm going to get my heart broken in some way. And I can honestly say I didn't. Um, I had people in my chat that said they absolutely loved it. I had people that said it was horrible. Uh, I went in open-minded and came out pleasantly surprised. It was it was like two movies. There was a teen angst movie, and then there was a Power Rangers movie. The Power Rangers part was the was you know the last act of the film. It was an origin story. I'm not going to spoil any details, but it was a, it was an origin story on how they how these Power Rangers became these Power Rangers. I thought the very beginning of the movie was well done, um, without going into that, um, and 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 really, literally the first scene of the movie. I thought that was cool, um, and what they did there. And then it went into the whole high school thing, right? You get the the kids and all this mm-hmm, other stuff. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. and, and you know what? That's been done so many times, but they did it well. It was well acted. All of the actors were there. There was a the I don't which Power Ranger was it there to be in the the lesbian chick. Um, I think she was yellow, uh, the Yellow Ranger. Yeah, or something. Yellow. Yellow Ranger. I didn't like her. She was the only one I didn't like. I didn't think she was a very good actress. And I think the director knew that too. She didn't have many lines. She didn't talk that much. She always just kind of gave like the Ronda Rousey stink face. You just can't really act all that well. But she <laughs> was the she was the weak link out of everything uh, out of them. And but the 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 Blue Ranger, the black guy, was like the he star of the amazing. film. He showed Hilarious. he stole the whole movie. Um, the even and and the main ranger, the he he wasn't bad, but every time I saw him, I thought of a budget Zach Efron. Every time I saw him, I <laughs> saw a Zac shitty Efron. version. It was like we could not afford to get Zach Efron, so we got this shitty version. Like if you go and Google uh Power Rangers Red Ranger and you look at that guy's picture, he looks like a shitty version of Zach Efron. Um, to be fair, the original Red Ranger was also kind of a shitty Zach Efron, so maybe they were just going for that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It just would have been better if they had at Zach Efron. Uh, he was the beta <laughs> Zach Efron. The beta Zach Efron. 
The beta, um, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. But you <laughs> know see. what, man? It it wasn't terrible. The the choreography, like the fight scenes, were well done. Um, there it was a little bit of a shaky cam and stuff during a little some bit of the too CG. Yeah, oh yeah, some of the CG when it was shit, it was bad. It was like Power Rangers yeah. bad. But when it was good, <laughs> man, it was good. Like it was, it wasn't bad. Was the, the- <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I was on um like you you came in like on the spectrum of horrible to good you came in on the middle of the spectrum but on like the positive side i actually yeah, came yeah. in on i came in on i wasn't i the movie wasn't bad i enjoyed it but i was actually a little disappointed mm-hmm. um i i enjoyed the movie again for same so reason you, you did. expecting um, like what like what um, were you I, what what disappointed I, you it wasn't even it wasn't even it like it's just like didn't quite make the mark for what I was expecting for a Power Rangers movie. Like I was expecting it to be a little bit more campier, but they went they, they went serious when they should have went campy, and they kind of went campy when they went, went should have went serious in some ways. Mm-hmm. It's kind of again not a bad movie. It was definitely definitely worth my money to go watch. But yep. the way I found it was they kind of like they kind of misjudged the audience a feel a bit. And the thing that got me the most was um, there's a scene in the movie where the music is notably different than the rest mm-hmm. of the movie, mm-hmm. and. Again, I'm not going to spoil it um, for those of you that watch it. You'll understand exactly. But I was sitting there. I know there, exactly what you're talking I talked about that, and too. As soon, yeah, and as soon as it came on, I was just like, you know what? If they had scored the rest of the movie in this style, the movie yeah. would have instantly gotten you know half a star or a star more out of 10 from me. Um, yeah. Like I feel like the music scoring throughout the entire movie, like they they went with like the whole mainstream Hollywood approach to scoring a movie, and the music wasn't bad. It just I felt like it didn't fit the whole Power Rangers mentality of getting hyped up around the music. And then when they, when they, when they put the music in that you hear for that one part, you're just like, Oh man, this is awesome. And then you're just like, Oh, Brian Cranston as Zordon though. Pretty fire. Fucking awesome. Like that guy was awesome, dude. Uh, (laughs) You know, the acting in the movie just really, if it was bad actors, this movie would have been fucking garbage. But these yeah, actors yeah. and actresses, I was, expe- I was expecting really bad did actors, and we didn't get that. We got we got good actors out of it. Yeah. Um, so overall, I, I was going to give it. A, I give it a seven point five out of ten because it was. It's a movie that n- it knows what it was, but it was at times conflicted on exactly like what Tabin said, where the jokes come in at some, it was, it was, it, I did laugh. Like there was times where I laughed. Oh, yeah. There was times where I was like, Cracking Oh up. really? You, you said that there, or you did that there. <laughs> um, but it was a bit of both. And I did laugh. I did enjoy it. I went and saw it by myself because I'm cool like that. And, um, I, I would, <laughs> so I would suggest I. Nate and Adam to both watch it. You don't need to run out mm. to the theater and see it. You know, if your girlfriends uh, are like, so, no. I really want to see power Rangers, then fuck yeah, go see it. But if not, it's definitely can be a Netflix and chill night. It, it's a it's a good time, um, and it it gives me hope that this could be a good franchise. Like seven I'm looking movie franchise already to the next one. What? Whoa, 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 whoa! Seven? Yeah, they have seven. They slated the sign a deal for seven. Okay. What? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So they went ham with zero it. to a hundred real right. fucking quick, didn't it? Uh, wow. Yeah. Let's just let's um, just they, not even see how this one pans out and sign her for seven. Let's go. <laughs> the first okay. movie came out well. I mean, it came out well. The like from franchise perspective, they kind of set themselves up to do more. Um, I feel like actually, Jeff, you can probably comment on this. How do you feel going from like the original G rating to up to that PG thirteen rating? I feel like they did a pretty good job, like kind of bringing some of the uh, more serious themes into the movie without being yeah. like over the top, beat you down with it. Yeah, there which was is, like which was nice it was, for the adults. You could tell that it wasn't it wasn't targeted towards ten year olds. 
it was targeted towards like 13 and us, right? So we're going to get the yep. nostalgia, you know, we're going to get all the little quippy things that they say and the little nuances that they do, and it's great uh, in that way. But it wasn't dumbed down enough where you're like, oh, my God, this is childish. There was some some pretty heavy, uh, yeah. you know, personal issues that some of these characters were going through, um, stuff that even I could relate to. Uh, but at the same time, it was still lighthearted and fun. And it didn't take itself too serious. It wasn't like a dark Power Rangers movie. It was still bright, brightly lit. It was it was good, man. I the more I'm thinking yeah. about it, the more I am kind of liking Power Rangers. And some people may I'll hate me. I'm not from like a six point five to a seven. There you go. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It wasn't it terrible. So I mean, the only, as, as somebody who hasn't who hasn't seen it, the only question you know, and you kind of answered this already was. You know, I I almost want like you guys said that they that they didn't just go super camp. I I kind of want it to be super camp. No, like you I, say I, that, I, Adam. I, you they, say that, but I but think you don't if want you that. Got that? I don't think we want that. Like I I'm not. I don't want to go into the theater and spend my money on a YTV special of Power Rangers that is just so old. Like we we still like got goofy. Movies. Like there were still explosions in front of Power Rangers. Of like ah. And they like, you know, fall back and they do their, you know, do their shit. But <laughs> it, it wasn't it's not that cheesy. And I know what you're saying in, in a nostalgic manner, but there's enough of that that you get that fix. And I, if they went sure. more to it, it would be a joke. It would just be like, what the fuck? And and for a an, an actual franchise now of seven films I think it would have just failed horribly if they would have went all the way over the top. The I think it's going to fail horribly for seven films anyway. <laughs> well, the first, you know what? The first one was good. It's got it's got good traction. I know, you know, they've already made money on the movie. I think if they get uh, the right directors and they keep these actors and they start building into this role, uh, and Brian Cranston's there, I, yeah, I, I actually they set think, up a, they set up a few avenues to do it well. Yeah, seven's too much, well, but I'm, you know, if they said yeah, three, I'd be say, like, they, okay, yeah. I'm down. You know, I don't yeah, want Transformers. It's, it's, it's oh, not yeah. that I don't feel like they they have the capacity of making it passable. It's just seven films. That, that you're in, you, what it's, Harry Potter Saban we're talking about? No, yeah, about. <laughs> not, no. Do we get to see them happen. when they're middle aged Power Rangers? <laughs> oh my god, that's going to be so good. I mean, if they're high a school personal now, problem. Are they, are they going to play it off like these kids have been in high school for like friggin' a decade of their life and they're just Power Rangers over ninja over retirement? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you going to check it out? Prosted Nate? his are you gonna, kneecap. Are you go see it? I, I, I want to. I'm, you know, Julie's going to be gone for the weekend, so I'll probably try to see it this weekend. Oh, yeah. sneak that bad boy. She is, she is not interested in it. She's European. <laughs> they didn't Power she Rangers as kids. Power Rangers, yeah. Yep. She she also hates weeb shit. Oh, she yeah, told yeah, me yeah, I can't yeah, play yeah. Persona in the living room. You know. Oh, that's, man. Yeah, that's the concessions, wow. concessions you, you got to make. You can't play she it online too- and you can't play it in the living room? Dude, you're getting fucking Yeah. Obsessed. I'd be like, well, I can't cook wow. clean, so, you know. I that's can't true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, our, true. our agreement is no nothing anime ish outside of my room. I don't really do anime to be honest. I just really like Persona, but yeah, yeah, yeah uh, you and a lot of other people. But yeah, I, I, yeah, so I, no think, I think you know, I'm I'm happy that Persona uh, not Persona. I'm happy that Power Rangers is a thing. Uh, I'm I'm in I'm intrigued that yeah. they're actually making a go at it. But uh, I'll wait I'll wait for the the Netflix hype on that bad boy. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Our last main topic of the evening, gentlemen, and this is actually kind of an exciting one because it's going to make, I think this is going to make E3 really fun. 
uh, as far <laughs> as the three press conferences go, is uh, the Xbox Scorpio. That 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 stuff got a seriously in-depth teardown at uh, at Digital Foundry. They were invited to the the Redmond uh, the Redmond Building, Microsoft, and uh, they basically got the full deal. In fact, one of the one of the bros at, at, at Xbox straight up built the fucking thing in front of them from from ground up. They put the damn console together. So they they saw this thing in super great detail, and we've got a lot of information about it. Uh, and from what I read, I don't know if you guys, any one of you three, read about the the Scorpio this week, but yeah, it looks. It's it's you know I think I think a lot of people would have loved to have seen them come out and say this is going to do 4K 60 on everything we throw at it. The odds of you getting that on a console for less than fifteen hundred dollars is basically zero. Nothing. So you know going into this, my best case scenario was they'll hit 4K 60 native on in-house shit. That they have, you know, all the resources at hand. Tune they know the how to, you know, yeah, they know how to irk every last bit of power out of this box. And then for everyone else, you know, the occasional title might hit 4K 60, but it's probably 4K 30 at best. But it will be native 4K 30. It won't be this upscaled 1440p mm-hmm. PS4 mm-hmm. Pro gig. It'll be native 4K 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, or greatly you know improved super sampled 1080p and uh the specs that came out pretty much show that you know they have they have can, forza running 4k 60 native with 4k assets can tvs and can tvs handle 4k 60 a lot of uh, or hdmi yes. even on that spec a lot of them yeah. have trouble yeah, at 4k 2.0. 60 2.0 uh, is, they have hdmi 2.0 Yep. But if you turn yeah, on HDR, HDR, it drops to 4K30. Yeah. No, yeah, it'll still be 4K. It'll still be there. No, no, no. It's no, still it like the, two, by the time. At least the LG. By LG the time, pushes down well, to 4K30. Yeah, I mean, the, the, problem, the problem with HDR and, and 4K60 and everything is with HDR, it obviously takes a shitload of bandwidth. Oh, um, yeah. but, but, you know, by the time Scorpio comes around, It'll be future proof to the point where you plug it into a TV that can do it. It's going to output yeah. 4K 60 HDR, right? I mean, you're going to be limited to your your TV ultimately, and HDR is still in, and 4K content is still in a really shitty new age transition mode, uh, especially the HDR stuff. So that's yeah, that's that's gonna that's gonna take some some time to hit, but they'll they'll uh, they'll hit it. They'll hit a, an HDMI spec that that does that for sure. But the thing that really impressed me, and I'll say this before I passed off to you guys for your thoughts, was that the back it's fully backwards compatible with the 360, the entire or the Xbox One, the entire catalog, fully backwards compatible, and it upscales uh, internally, not putting it on the developers. So this isn't a PS4 Pro thing where the developers have to worry about it. The console itself, at a system level, will upscale everything to 4K. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. That's mm-hmm. big. I don't um, think people realize how insane that is for a piece of hardware to do that for a console uh, and, and to do it, uh, you know, without the devs having to have their hands tied up in it, which is part of PS4 Pro's actually, problem right now. 
That's not as crazy as you make it sound from a hardware perspective. It's 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 actually a little no, bit of an expensive piece it. of hardware to put in. But yeah. if you think I about mean, they it, they're that. in a weird they're in a weird spot though. If you think about it, compared to PlayStation, for example, Sony's always been like kind of been the custom hardware guru, and they've been kind of moving more towards the middle where they want to do more generic hardware. And you can kind of see that mm. out of the gate, PS4 just trounced Xbox One in terms of spec, and then the PS4 Pro, you can kind of see they realize. We actually need a little bit more hardware. So they kind of went with an incremental update. But Xbox was like, we can't go incremental. We need to go big. And that's what we're seeing with Scorpio. But sure. again, all of them went with the AMD style architecture. And that's kind of where they're get, getting their gains now. The backwards compatibility kind of comes in from AMD and using their tech again. You know, they're not like changing the core counts. So, you know, all of that stays the same from a hardware perspective. They're pretty much saying we're just going to throw more GPU resources at it, more RAM and more general bandwidth. So they're speeding up things that give you more performance. And then it's not terribly difficult for them to just build in an upscaler piece of hardware that else. You it's know, not, it's not that it's difficult. It's still awesome, though. It's the fact that it's there. They're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. It's not. Well, I didn't say that it to. was. It was gymnastics, and they didn't even need to because I mean, what? It's not the PS4 Pro doesn't do that panic. The PS4 Pro puts all that shit on the devs. So, but they the need to. Yeah, but Microsoft needs to catch headache, up at this point. That's not. That's not playing catch up. That's passing. The, that's passing them, like dramatically passing them. Think about that's it as a developer and specs, but in terms of mindshare, they have to have something like this to be like, oh yeah, no, you can play all of your old games because. They lost a lot of people. Like I sold all my Xbox stuff to get a PS4. You know, I they lost a lot of mindshare from but, the community. But was that? But, was that like, but that wasn't backwards compatibility. That wasn't upscalability. That was just games, which is going to be their ultimate problem anyway. Is no matter how good the hardware true. is, they're going to need to have games. But I don't think there were people out there going, "Man, fuck this Xbox One just doesn't have the." The backwards, you know, the, the compatibility or the, the hardware kind of sucked too. Graphic capability, yeah, but no, yeah, but for console people playing Xbox, nobody was sitting there going, "Oh, I need an extra fifty p out of this." You know, I want to go from nine hundred to nine fifty for Call of Duty. Nah, like nobody was fucking saying that shit. <laughs> nah. So, so, so what's guarantee important you people here? Were, guarantee you. What's I mean, and I sound like I'm championing a champion championing Xbox a lot here, but I I am because. Because uh, as much as Xbox One got fucked up under Matrix freaking retarded NFL TV box, the the PS4 Which has Nathaniel's really good games. Used. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you like your football. Uh, the the freaking uh. NFL TV bullshit that was brutal. But they, uh, you know, the PS4 Pro. I own a PS4 Pro. All right. I, I this do. isn't oh. the best piece of hardware in the world. This thing sounds like a jet engine taken off whenever you have to fucking do anything. The hard drives are still limited to to stock like uh, hard disk speeds. Like so you put a solid state drive in there, it's basically no better than a than a regular disk drive, which is absolutely friggin' insane and defeats the entire purpose of being able to easily swap out hard drives to begin with. Sony, who is the developer and owner of Blu-ray, didn't even put a fucking 4K Blu-ray player in this thing, which blows my mind even further. And they put themselves in this weird, stupid situation where, from a marketing perspective, trying to get people to understand what value PS4 Pro brings to the table in terms of certain games will get patches to varying degrees 
from varying developers as to what will be done for 1080, what will be done for 4K, what will be done for HDR, to the point now where they need to have like six different badges for the back of the fucking box just to tell you, you know, a rough estimation of what you might get for a game. Why I'm saying this is important for, or good, and not just, you know, it's great they're catching up to PlayStation, because catching up to PlayStation isn't hardware anymore. Hardware's easy. What's difficult is getting games that people want to buy your fucking console for, and that's what Xbox struggled with in this last round. What's good about it, though, is that for developers, it's easy. Way easier. There is no... It's not going to Sony and going, all right, guys, well, you need to make a game for us, but it has to be compatible with the original PS4. Now it's... You can make it for the Xbox One, but you're going to plug that shit into an Xbox Scorpio as a consumer and it's going to work and it's going to upscale it and you as a developer don't have to be directly hardcore involved with that uh, with that thing. Uh, and I keep forgetting to update our patch notes because I'm a god. But regardless, that's, uh, that's, that's why I'm saying it's important. It's not, it's not necessarily that it's hard to do. It's just that it's a very good, uh, a very good move uh, for them. And I think that uh the other nice thing to hear uh, he, to hear them say and and what we've seen if you read that full article digital foundry is that you know despite the fact that it was an in-house game that they were doing it with which is always going to give them an advantage with forza they didn't have to spend that much time to get it to where it was to get 4k 60 they barely spent any time on it they're ahead of schedule to the point where they're going to be showing a lot more at e3 they had 20 percent overhead left on the gpu running Forza at 4K60. That's what that tells me is that while the PS4 and Xbox One in that generation was all about how can we how can we conform our games to this weird kind of subspec. It's going to go back to where consoles used to have some fucking headroom where the longer the console, you know, life cycle was, the better the better games could be because there were room, you know, there was room for shit to look better. And that's what's nice about this to hear it is that this sounds more like a pure gaming device, which uh, we did not get the first time around at all. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I agree, man. <laughs> I was, I was, I, I don't have anything else that I, I would have said other than looking at the specs gave me a lot of hope. The backwards compatibility thing is a huge deal as well. Yeah. Going and back the fact to that, Nintendo. And I, I'm not the biggest. I don't. I, I still think that we're at least another year, maybe two away from decent 4K support across the board, as far as like oh, content yeah. and be a while. you know even just engines and shit supporting it properly, even for like PC. Like if you even on PC, like doing 4K is not like a small feat, you know. And that people have really expensive rigs, and it's still not like ideal. So I don't. I don't even think about that. I'm just like the specs. If they're if that's where they're aiming. Then when they fall short, at least everybody that's got their 1080p devices from the last 10 years, shit should be beautiful. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Absolutely. They, um, they also announced the, well, they, they, they've showed off the, uh, the Scorpio VR. Did you guys see that as well? Um, I didn't catch that, no. Oh, yeah, the I think VR. that's where the headroom's going to go. The, the, the VR is unlike any other VR. It's, it's taking it to another level where it actually maps out your room so when you have it's they they call it a um a mixed reality and so what it does is you're playing the game um you're in a reality but you can when you have these goggles on um here I can post a link here in the zen um 
when you have so the goggles like on or something else, it's it 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 takes a photo of your entire surroundings, and then the virtual reality is built within that, so that you're free to walk anywhere in your room or in in your area. And if you have a table or a desk, that'll actually be a rock or a um, you know something within the game, so that you know not to kind of bump into it or um, things like that. So they're calling it a mixed reality. And uh, apparently it's supposed to be it's supposed to be huge. And people are already talking about it being compatible with porn and being able to be in a a virtual room already um, and 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 actually being able to walk around (laughs) and and all these other things. But there it's like a mixed reality and it's supposed to be like the next level of VR. um, Sounds like HoloLens. uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it, it also like puts like holographically like yeah, things in hologram. your room. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what HoloLens is like. It's yeah, it's augmented reality kind of things. Yeah. So it sounds like they're mixing some augmented reality with some VR. It sounds like a mishmash, which is pretty, which is it pretty, sounds closer you know, to VR. I guess that's the, but it's like a step yeah. towards VR as opposed to HoloLens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, that I sounds think this cool. goes back. To, this overall, I think comes back to our uh, Nintendo discussion where for Microsoft it comes down to games like they need their games at this point. Yes, exactly. They need to bring the show. That's, that's 100%. <laughs> like what like uh, I think that uh, obviously that was Xbox One's problem, right? There were lots oh, of yeah. good games on the Xbox, but as far as exclusives went, they were dead. Literally nothing. And the further it's gone on, the more PS4 Halo has 7. been burying them mercilessly like they're they are more than six feet under they're like 4200 feet under they're never coming out of that shit so that's why i think this e3 is going to be really crazy is that you have to imagine for all the hardware stuff they're going to be talking about and showing off they are going to have to show off a couple of serious killer apps that's going to sell this thing because you best believe that thing's going to cost 800 american dollars coming out at the end of this year yeah, unless they take massive hits, thinking that they're going to sell games. But if that's the case, they're going to need hot. They're they gonna need, need to. They need to announce the even games. more good games. Yeah. If that's the case, they need yeah. to announce them like all. They need to put all the cards on the table. Like, look, awesome Halo. Yeah. Awesome. I don't even know what franchise pull, Microsoft have right now. They're going to have to pull a Marvel and say, "Hey, this is your your Xbox Scorpio universe, and uh, this is what you're going to get over the next <laughs> fucking six years." And yeah. they just drop yeah. bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb, so yeah, that you're like, "Well, what? fuck, I got to get on board. I can't." From you know, franchise wise, on. what do we have? We've got Halo, Gears of War, Forza. I don't know what else Microsoft has that's like their own property at this point. Like everything um, else has kind of just gone to the wayside. They really, I mean, up. they have rare, they have rare in their pocket, but they seem to rare refuse to want to useful. use them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even think it's, they've done anything useful. They just don't, for, I don't think they, uh, I, I mean, maybe, maybe it's probably more complicated than, than I think it is, but, but they're a developer they of another used, era. Yeah. Well that, and I don't think they've used them appropriately. And then they, they had, um, they had Lionhead and then they closed that bad boy down. So now we don't have Fable. So, uh, so Fable's gone. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know what they do. I think, I think the obvious play is they're going to in, invoke the name of Halo. They're going to invoke the name of, of, I bet you the first game we see is Forza on that running at 4k 60 oh, yeah. will be the opening thing at the press conference. And it's going to look like pure unadulterated sex. And then they're going to come out and they're going to talk about Halo and they'll talk about Maybe gears or something like that. But I don't even think they'll talk about gears. I think what they really need 
is to strongly consider having, kind of like we talked with Nintendo, with, uh, with Nintendo, is going to some developer, I don't know who, and saying, guys, we need you to make something new and we're going to pay you a shitload of money. We need a new IP. We need something that yep. takes us... You know, we need an we need an we need a Halo Combat Evolved of the year 2017. We need something that's going to sell this ridiculously they need expensive Horizon console. Or something. Yeah, like, so something beautiful, uh, something new, something interesting. That would be, I think, ideal. Nate, is there anything you can think of that you'd like to see? Like, is, is there something that you'd see that uh, you would go, I would buy this day one? I feel like they, I feel like they killed a bunch of their shit with how bad it got <laughs> over the last few years. <laughs> like, when I think about, when I think about like like consoles like games that bring me to a series like nintendo's the easiest one in the fucking world because they've got mario and zelda right and maybe metroid's buried somewhere but like microsoft's like well they had a new studio for gears i i thought it was a good game but Mm. like that's not that's not like that's not like the gross massive crazy appeal that something like halo was but when i think about halo as someone who played halo 2 3 in like high school and shit like it's just not it's not it's just got a lot worse i don't know yeah doesn't it's not an appealing thing that they can throw at you and i and when i think about series for like sony i mean they their fran their new modern franchises at least like seem to be naughty dog is carrying the fuck out of live. sony right now yeah and uncharted shit looks dope and they keep yeah it out. exactly exactly i think i think microsoft's problem is they have perhaps been looking for somebody to come up with a new ip but they haven't been able to get one that actually sticks. I mean, they had Quantum Break, and that fell on its face pretty hard. They tried to do the TV tie-in with that. That didn't quite uh, get anywhere near where they were hoping it would. There and then the latest Break one was TV Scalebound. Tie-in? Yeah, it was. And then Scalebound uh, was the latest one from Platinum Games that they outright canceled because Platinum kept saying they needed another six months um, <sighs> basically over and over again until Microsoft was like, look, we've already put like... Uh, it was like... It was like 30 or 40 million or something like crazy uh, amount of money into it. And they were like, guys, we can't, we can't keep pumping this in. And we don't think it's going to sell enough to make this money back. So we've got to close this. So I, I think they've been trying to, you know, play Go Fish with some developers to find it. But I don't know what they're going to do for Scorpio. But they definitely need something big because that console is going to be expensive. And they have the uphill battle of convincing people that this won't turn into another Xbox One where there are zero exclusives that aren't just Halo and Forza. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's, exactly. definitely, that's definitely their challenge. Gentlemen, let's bring this home with a little uh, tech support, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's bring in. Let's bring it in. So Nate, I, I don't know if you know what tech support is, but it's is it's it's basically a really uh, a, a really memey name for we're going to answer some questions from the Patreon community. We uh, nice. we pick a couple of questions each week from Patreons ten dollars and higher. Uh, they get to ask us some questions. They don't have to be serious. They can be silly. Uh, and then we uh, we answer a, a couple each week and 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 give them our our, our best on that. So. I'm going to, as always, uh, I didn't prep you, otherwise I'd get you to pick one, Nate, but uh, I'll get Mr. Black and Mr. Switch to to pick a question apiece, and we'll see how that goes. I got one. I got one that that Nate could definitely answer as well. I'm trying to pick one that that where (laughs) Nate can chime in. Okay. And and we'll start start this off with our guest, because he is our guest. So let's go with, uh, let's go with, Mm. uh, what? was the worst job you ever had oh well yeah tech support 
Yeah, that was that was one of the two. That was one of the two Are you things I was about doing. This job here, like our tech support, <laughs> yeah, or what wow. type of tech support wow. here? Oh, oh man, oh man, the best. That was like, dude, I did. I have such a profound respect for anybody that has to do IT support yeah. for non-technically literate people. Like, I I worked like eight months at the uh, Penn State uh, Willard help desk, and I was I was I wasn't even there a year, and it was. You you think about it, you're like, oh, I know computers. I'm really good with this shit. It's no problem, but it's just it's such a soul crushing thing that you have to <laughs> like at least some at least working at a desk at a university. Like people came in, so I didn't always have to do it over the phone with some old person, which was that that was obviously the worst part trying to explain shit over the phone. But the number of basic white bitches that I had to set up Wi-Fi on their oh. MacBooks for because they couldn't oh. follow the five step process. <laughs> listed on the door on like the, the entrance to every single place that had a computer in the campus is insane and my my personal favorite was the chinese student who came in and like couldn't really speak english he's just pointing at his computer like there's a problem and he opens it up and he's got some like spread of some hentai shit all over his desktop uh, he's got a hundred oh, icons his computer is in chinese uh, and oh, like no. and he's just like he's like I need help. And these like pop-ups and shit everywhere. I'm like, oh yeah, my Yeah, you need help, bro. God. Look what's on your desktop. Yeah, yeah so you couldn't, there were you couldn't few, choose that before those. he came to me. Yeah. And I, I didn't I didn't get to do it for ten years and actually end up, you know, wanting to die, but I in I haven't worked a crazy number of jobs because <laughs> I started streaming and all this shit right after mm-hmm. right after school. So yeah. Yeah. Doing actual tech support. Fuck that. Wow, no thanks, thanks. I can, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, you are a trooper. Goal. It's not an it's it is not an insult in geeks, to people yeah. that do tech support. It is a compliment because I could not fucking stand to do that. I could oh, not yeah. do it. Geek squad, college tech desk, professionally for five years. It's it, it's definitely Ugh. definitely a chore. Definitely a chore. All right. Now well, I know why you're uh, so sadistic. What, did you Adam. just answer the question, or am I going to? Okay. Am I oh no, next? I can. I, yeah, we'll go, go ahead. Adam. Okay, to we'll, being, go ahead. You know, to being, you yeah, yeah, yeah. you're already in the middle of it, so just go um, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go um, for my it. Geek Squad story. Um, I got yelled at for about 15 minutes by a customer who came in with their computer cart, and they're saying, "I don't understand why you can't fix my computer." And she went on this rant, wouldn't even let me get a word in edgewise. And I finally got her to calm down. I said, "Ma'am." We're perfectly willing to fix your computer, but all you've brought me is the computer monitor. You have a monitor uh, that shows it. Uh, <laughs> and then she's the just like, then she's like, what? She's oh like, this is the computer. I'm like, no, no, the computer no. is the box oh. that this was plugged into. Where is that? She's like, oh, oh that's God. still at home. Not like this. You can't, I'd, you no, can't fix right this. Right there, I'd be done. Like, that's it. I'd be, I got I reamed. I got reamed. I'm done, guys. I'm done. I'm going home. I'm done. That's freaking terrible. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Jesus Christ. Wow. Adam. I I'm I've I've been pretty lucky in that I mean I've I didn't have a lot of jobs because most of the jobs I had were relatively long running up to, you know, the whole streaming uh, gig and YouTube. Uh, and even the ones I had weren't even that bad, honestly. I mean uh, I guess I guess I guess the closest, literally the closest thing to a shitty job I had was the the first one I had when I got out of university, and 
um, and I, I worked for uh, I worked for a diamond company and their a corporate uh, head office for their as their online marketing coordinator. Basically, what happened there was was the original girl got pregnant. She went on met leave. And then they brought in another girl and she got pregnant before the other girl got back. And so there was a double met leave. So they needed somebody that was incapable of getting pregnant. And I was that guy. Uh, so they, they brought me in and basically, yeah, they, exactly. They didn't have like some Arnold Schwarzenegger movie type shit going on. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I, I basically... Basically, the only reason that was really was really shit is is that nobody nobody in there that owned the company knew what the hell I did. They they took me in. They gave me literally an almost impossible job to learn inside of forty eight hours before the other girl left, and then they stuck me in a broom closet with my computer and said, "Have fun." And that was it. Nobody gave me really any guidance. I didn't have any training. And I had to do every single online order and, and website development. I had to finalize their newest website that was going live, plus build a new one on the side. Then I had to train a 60-year-old man at how to use the back end of that new website, which was basically like end. tech support. Like trying to teach somebody at that age on like a computer that was already barely capable of booting up. To then use the back end of this new website was a nightmare, but I mean, you know, it was it was whatever. I, I got so I got to the point where I I got the job down to being done all my work in the first half of the day, and then I just watched streams for the rest of the day and got paid for it. But it was still kind of shit because you you like to you like to get some recognition, and I'd be in the broom closet, and the owner of the company would come in, and I'd been there for five I'd been there for five months. And I had brought up their sales on their online and everything in this time that I'm there. And I've like overcame the stupid obstacles they put in front of me. And he looks at me and said, so what do you do? And I was like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now. Well, that's the thing. Oh, oh, that's your problem. And the the president at the time, the president literally uh, would come in at like 1130. And he was like, man, what a day. What a beautiful day. I just got in from racing my yacht. And. And then they, and then you'd like pick apart the work that that our department was doing, and you're like, you fuck off. You literally just walked in the door four hours after everybody else did because you were out racing your yacht, and then you come in, and the first thing you do is complain about shit you know nothing about. And so that was kind of the difficult part of that job. It wasn't necessarily that it was a shit job. It was just working for people sucks. I'm so happy on my own boss. I can't put yeah. up with that kind of shit. Drives yeah, it can crazy. Be, it can be rough. And I'll, I guess I'll get into mine. Um, I'm sort of the same way. I've had a lot of different jobs uh, over the years, but I think probably the job that I hated the most, well, there's two of them, but I'll, I guess I'll get into one because this one, I didn't last long at all. I worked at a restaurant called uh, Jack Astor's. And I, I, oh. now I could have, you know, I could have Jack Astor's. I could have talked about my bad experience at Old Navy because I did work there, but I think I'm going <laughs> to go with Jack Astor's because, um, it was just the people that I worked with, everything. It was just toxic as fuck. So it was, it was one of those things where I was, I came out of high school, and in high school, I was the type of guy that was popular. But I was not popular amongst the popular guys. I was popular amongst everybody else. Like I was the cool guy and the non-cool guy. I was the tier two, right? And when I went to Jack Astor's, it really felt like high school again. You've had you had clicks. So like there is this big fucking douchebag and dude. Top sales, Tom, uh, top sales Todd. They call uh, he called himself. <laughs> oh, I know his this name, story. 
His knives. name was Todd. His <laughs> name was Todd. He's a complete fucking dick, right? And if you're listening to this, yes. Todd, eat a fat dick, bitch. Look at me now. All right? So this guy was an absolute Tom prick. Sales. So what he would do is he was the guy that's been around since it was open, and he would get the best sections and obviously the most turnover, and he'd have the most sales. And obviously the more sales you have, the more tips you make, because the higher your bill, the potential to get more money. So top sales, Todd. I and then so we, you know, I I like to sort of be the alpha a lot of the time, and he was obviously the alpha there. So we just didn't get along very well, and so I started mocking him, and I started calling him TST, and it, and he'd be like, "What the fuck is TST?" I'd call you know top sales, Todd. Right? I'd just kind of make fun of, I'd kind of just make fun of him. So this <laughs> douchebag was the guy that would would show up at work in his in his new truck that he probably paid like sixty grand for. And it was lifted up about fucking four feet with these big ass tires. <laughs> and he was just a douchebag, right? He was like, he wasn't even, he wasn't even like overly attractive. Like he, he was just a fucking cocky, arrogant douche that obviously I hate. And I, I just couldn't kit. stand. That just makes everything worse. And he got a lift kit. Like, you know, his dick was small. <laughs> like he's like a fucking just a douche, man. Wow. He always, going at like, it. he always, oh yeah, fuck him. Um, he would always talk about like, you know, the girls he would get and his fucking truck and, and his, and his, his tips that he would get. And, um, I, I remember his uncle came in cause his family obviously has money and his uncle came in and it was the end of the night. And usually once, once a certain hour hits at a restaurant, I'm sure a lot of servers out there can relate to this. Once a certain hour hits, you're expecting no more tables and you just kind of clean up and you do your, your, your server duties, whatever that case that it, it may be. And then you cash out. Well, my time was up and Todd was there. Granted, he was there since the beginning of the shift, but his uncle came in and he came in to the store or the restaurant because Todd worked there and he wanted a discount and, you know, he wanted Todd to serve him. Well, Todd had better plans that night. Todd wanted to go out downtown and do his thing. And so he asked me if I would uh, be willing to do it because I had a bad night. I had a bad shift. I had like $40 to my name and this guy would would usually tips reasonably well. So anyway... These guys came in, and it turns out that they didn't want meals. They just wanted appetizers and drinks. So Todd, by the by, before he left, I was already done, and I'd cashed out. So he could have taken this table no problem because he thought they were going to stay forever. And I pissed off Todd so bad because his <laughs> uncle had like a $400 bill, and he tipped me 300 bucks. <laughs> and Todd was Fucking! It was the biggest tip I ever got at a restaurant ever, shit. ever. Oh. And I was like kind of salty because I was taking Todd's shit, and he was like kind of brushing it in my face, like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm getting out of here. Like, have fun, brah." And and I had the shitty <laughs> duties that I had to do, and I had to close the restaurant essentially. And I got a three hundred dollar tip and top sales, Todd. And I remember he was leaving. I said, "I said, well, it looks like I got the top sales tonight, Todd." And he was fucking salty. Oh. So and then and then not only and then not only that, our our manager. Our manager was this over-the-top, flamboyant, uh, like, drag queen, like, fucking drama queen. You name it, all kinds of queens. And I got no problem with that. <laughs> but the thing is, is when you get on the bad side of somebody that's like that, you're the, you're on the bad side for life. And he was like, he hired me, and he, he really liked me and all that other stuff. And then I didn't come in for a shift that he called me up for because someone called in sick. And ever since then, the dude fucking hated me. He gave me the worst shifts ever. He was just a fucking drama queen, dude. He was just, oh, so over the top. Uh, so yeah, I fucking hated that job. Paul. Jack Astor's 
fuck off, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, as you can see, I'm still I'm still salty about it. So you little, uh, little triggered I, there, Jeff. You little, 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 little bit. I'm hella triggered, and that's when I quit and and went over to Eastside Mario's or not Eastside's uh, uh, Swiss Chalet, and then Swiss I Chalet. the rest and then you the ended up here mm, that rotisserie. So that's All that right, was my the, worst job ever. So what's uh, so what's our next question? Panic, you got it, and that's where we wrap it oh, up. What do you got? And before he does it, I, I want to okay. give the shout out to the person who actually gave it. That was Alistair Manson. Thank you for the question, ah, Alistair Manson. There you go. That was yeah. a good question, Thank you, Alistair. Face God. Face <laughs> God. What do you got, Panic? Um, this is this one's topical. It goes with um, it goes with what we were talking about the other day. All right, this is from Duke. Uh, Chuck Norris versus John Wick. Who wins? Mm. Oh. Oh, no. Man, now, I don't know if this is like. Dude, I love fucking. I love that John Wick shit so much. That movie, I loved both of those. I hadn't seen the first one, right? So I saw the first one like three days before I saw John Wick 2. So oh, wow. I'm still on that high. I'm still on that high of how much of a fucking <gasps> badass he is. But the problem is. <laughs> which Chuck uh, Norris are we talking about? Chuck Norris. Who, which which who, Chuck who, Norris yeah, I mean, that's, but see, are we that's, like that's Walker, the Texas Ranger like, Chuck? If, the mean if John, Chuck? If John Wick is, is like, yo, yeah, okay, he's better than the boogeyman, but Chuck Norris is God. You know what I mean? Mm, so. Mm. Oh. I don't. I mean, I mean, let's. I mean, I'm just going to go and this, say it, boys, since nobody said it yet. Chuck Norris wins Chuck this. Chuck Norris. Yeah, I'm going John Wick. That's it. Yeah, it's Chuck. Yeah, Chuck, John Norris has, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Norris has to win. Yeah, no, Chuck, man. Chuck Norris you, you wins. Think it's about, a good think fight, about but this. Chuck Norris wins. No matter how I think about no Walker, Texas badass, Ranger. No matter how badass John Wick is, and let's be honest, John Wick is a fucking bad motherfucker. We're talking about a man who was possibly in the first five ever internet memes. Like yeah, that went true. that went global. And, not, and and took over for a long time. That website, which I can't remember the name of it now, it was like the, the hype to put a joke in and hope that you get voted up into the top like 100. And then that dude came out <laughs> with a book. I have the book at my house somewhere of the, of the, the collection of the top like however many hundred uh, Chuck Norris jokes that existed. And I have one of my jokes in that book and it was one of my crowning internet achievements. Uh, but think if you think about how crazy that is. What was the joke? Like uh, I think it was um, something about Chuck Norris actually living in a roundhouse. It was a really terrible one. But uh, I thought I had other ones that were much better. But they chose that one. So uh, uh, it was it was kind of crazy because think when I think back to it, everybody was doing Chuck Norris jokes. I remember one of the first things Jeff came to me with because Jeff always had a oh, stupid idea. For how to make money. Every every week there was a new plan on how he was going to make millions. And one at one point it was he came into my house and said, Adam, we're making Chuck Norris t-shirts. And I said, okay. Chuck T's. And then we went online and found out that Chuck T's were already being done by about a thousand other people. And we backed out of that deal. Well, you know what? That, quick. Yes and no. Because then I, I took the Chuck, I took the T's. We went over to T-Diz's yeah. house. And I I used, we had this, uh, we, we had... Um, we went to Staples and we bought a bunch of like printing paper that could go on the t-shirts. So we print off sayings. I actually have Chuck T. I wish I would have known this because I have Chuck T's upstairs in a fucking garbage bag in my closet. Yeah, yeah. 
And we, what we did is we 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 uh, we had uh, irons and we would iron press down the the yeah the they sticker, were just like the shitty the shitty little sticker so, thing the vinyl. So yeah. what we did, dude, is on a Sunday we went to the flea market with forty of these <laughs> Chuck Tees. We put them out on a table and we tried to sell them. And after about forty five <laughs> minutes of being at the at the uh, the flea market, because there'd be like eighty year old men that would come up and be like, "Oh, what are these for, everybody?" <laughs> and we'd be like, "Well, yeah, these are Chuck Tees." They're like, "What are they, Chuck?" And we're like, well, it says this funny sayings on there. And then he would pick it up and he'd look at it and it'd be all kinds of wrinkled and fucked up. Or it would be this shit would be like sideways and stuff. It just it was horrible and they just didn't understand it. So after 45, after 45 minutes, we scattered the place for Pokemon cards and then we bounced. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah, it was pretty good. But I, I think Chuck, I think Chuck takes Chuck that uh, all Chuck day, wins. all wow. day. Uh, quick, quick shout outs though to, um, to Conan O'Brien for having the Walker Texas Ranger lever on his show for like two straight seasons and possibly one of the greatest things TV has ever had ever. And if you don't know what that is, go look it up. It is, oh my God, it kills me. Slays me every time. Middle one of the, go ahead. I was just middle of a conversation, interviewing somebody, and for no reason, just just he'd turn around and there'd be a lever behind his desk, and he pulls oh, yeah, pull he pulls it. the lever, and all of a sudden it's, it's like up. this twenty second clip of Walker Texas Ranger, completely out of context, no nothing, no anything. And I it think was at beautiful. one point he actually had Chuck Norris there, yeah. and he yes. would pull it, and Chuck Norris would come out, and they would do like you know some yes. dumb shit. Oh, so it was beautiful. That was, Pretty, pretty awesome. You know what else is pretty awesome? Nathanius. And we want to thank Nathanius yes, uh, for being on uh, the Technical Alpha podcast and to the wonderful, uh, what, 10 to 15,000 viewers that are listening to this. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and shamelessly plug yourself, Nate. Let let people yeah, know where they can up, find Nate. you, um, all that stuff. Hmm. And um, yeah, the floor Try is yours. Try and match the lag TV sellout. Give us your best, your best Ooh. go. Well, you can find all of my magical happenings and everything else great that I do from my Twitter at twitter.com slash NathaniusTV. And you can mm. also watch me play video games. I'm pretty good at StarCraft, but obviously I want to do other stuff too. So come check that out at twitch.tv slash NathaniusTV. Mm. And that's, that's all. Those how do two. you spell that, that for light. those oh. who are just listening? How, how do you spell N- that for those who... A- N-A-T-H-A-N-I-A-S. And Beautiful. if you can't spell TV, maybe you shouldn't come. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, man. Well, we, we really appreciate you coming on uh, on the podcast today. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an easy test for us, for our first guest. And it's a natural one to have you on because you are part of the community that we came from. And now that we've made our transition into other things, uh, it's good to have uh, you on and talking about your transitions uh, and it just kind of all just worked out, and we'd love to have you again at some point too. Yeah, for sure. It's it's awesome. I mean, I get to I have like an actual good reason to make time to talk to you guys, which I already don't do enough anyway. So doing hey. this was just this is a nice Friday. This is a nice way to spend my Friday night, that's and I'm glad I came me, here to bro. do this. That's what my parents tell me. Yeah, it's like I don't get to see <laughs> you enough, son. <laughs> no, for sure. We'll we'll definitely we'll definitely have Nate back again in the future. Uh, whenever we want a dumpster blizzard, it's always a good time to have a third man. Oh yeah, uh, hey, we were we'll, light on blizzard mm-hmm. today. We didn't really do any bashing. This true. No, man. we were we were quite good. We were quite good. We were quite good to blizzard for sure. So we are, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, wrap it up there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for watching. Get to read off uh, our uh, our Patreon 
Upvote on iTunes, Our upvote Patreon on iTunes, go, 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 rate on iTunes, 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 Five iTunes, star. Star. Go. iTunes, go on iTunes Five and post star. that shit, go, go, go. Rate it. Patreon, <laughs> Patreon, 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 sell it, sell it. That's like the, 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 most, the most obvious, uh, you know, subliminal messaging you could possibly ever have, just basically just screaming over and over again, go rate <laughs> us. On iTunes and give us money on Patreon. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got to give a big shout out to our major Patreons here, uh, our Patreon producers. We got Beast All Kid, Mr. Miyagi, Corey hey. K, Toad of Steel, Naily, J.A., Matt D., Derek P., Jonathan A., Ryan M., Ice Wolfie, and Beastly Barlow. And if you want to end up on that list, well, you can go and, and, uh, and toss her, uh, you know, us some money and get some swag in return. Oh, we will say that, uh, I guess towards the end, and we're all the way at the end, is that that physical stuff is coming to fruition now. We have been sourcing yes. things and prepping all of that stuff, and, and now that we've finally hit the first of the new month, we got money from you guys, so we know who actually needs to be sent these things. Uh, so give us some more uh, some more time. I know it seems kind of nuts, but we couldn't really do anything for the first month the because first we didn't have any of bit. the money. <laughs> yeah so uh we will be getting that stuff out to you guys as soon as possible it is on its way and then we'll have all sorts of sexy macro pictures of all the all the stuff that we can taken by me get our hands on yes exactly but once again ladies and gentlemen this has been technical alpha it's another week we'll see you next friday same time same place and until then peace